right, lead heads, we are back with another episode of the Talking Lead Podcast. Leducating the Uneducated since 2012. Ten years of lead goodness, I like to call it. We appreciate all you listeners subscribing, each and uh, each and every one of you, and uh, supporting us over these past ten years. Uh, and of course, all of our sponsors that make that happen. We're going to give them a few plugs throughout the show here. Uh, if you didn't get an opportunity, make sure you go to our last episode, which uh, was probably the AK Corner, and we talked about trench art in the last AK Corner. We had Brian Keeney with Occam Defense Solutions. We had uh, James Balzac with Factory 47. And James brought uh, along a surprise guest with him. Uh, And we talked about the history of trench art, where it came from, kind of the different types. Uh, And then, of course, specifically with the AK Corner, we were talking about uh, the carvings and things that you see on uh, particular AK-47 furniture. Uh, and uh, European guns of of that nature. So great episode. Make sure you go back, check that out. We gave a lot of shit away. I think we gave away like five or six different prizes uh, to you lucky leadheads. So uh, go check that out. And then, of course, our last regular episode, I did a blast from the past with our interview from Dugan Ashley of Carnet Con, which that was like eight years ago. Um, if you guys remember Carnicon back in the day, he had a awesome YouTube channel, very entertaining, funny uh, type stuff. But um, that was a good episode. So if you didn't check that out, go check that one out again too. And I'll probably release some more blast from the past episodes uh, for some of our new listeners that maybe haven't had an opportunity to go back and to listen to some of our older stuff. But this episode, we're getting. Uh, we're getting virtual. We're going to go virtual this episode. And we're going to talk about video games, guns and video games, uh, how they they go about, I guess, rendering those into uh, your favorite video games and virtual reality type programs. And to help us with this topic today, we've recruited uh, one of Leviathan's brightest stars, uh, and employees, <laughs> Chris Deeb with Leviathan Group. And as we had Leviathan Group on a few episodes back, we had Chris Wood. And these guys do everything from movies to TV shows to video games to actually manufacturing their own firearms. Uh, and Chris happens to be on the the virtual reality side of this. So, Chris, welcome in. Thank you so much. Uh, excited to be here. I don't know if I did did justice as to what you actually do. You're telling me you're like a product placement specialist. Uh, that's, I, I guess that's it. I guess concentrating on the video game market. Absolutely, um, trying to get everything from from our world one to one recreated in the game world and and done so honestly. Honestly, I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, we could use a little more honesty in our video games. All these cheaters. <laughs> oh, God. It's, it's terrible. Yeah. Also joining me this episode, uh, it's been a while since we've had him on. A long-time leadhead and uh, regular guest of the show is our good buddy Nick Atkinson. Nick, welcome in. 
What's up? Good to be back. It's probably been, what, two years? It's been a minute, yeah. I can't remember. Did we talk shot about a bear hunt shot last show time? two years ago? No, that we did that. I don't know. Maybe. I don't remember the last thing we did. I think it was shot show two years ago, or maybe three years It's been ago. too long, anyway. Yeah. It's been way too long. So, uh, should I say former uh, three-gunner competition shooter, or are you still, I mean, is that still a thing, or are you completely No, nah, yeah, no, nah, I'm pretty much done. It's kind of... I don't know. It's kind of like once you're done, you're done with it, I guess. You know, it's like just kind of, it doesn't really trail off. It's just, you don't go to a few matches and you're like, man, I forgot what putting this much effort into other things really feels like. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you kind of get to a point where it becomes a job and then you're like, uh, I mean, it was my job. That's what I did full time, right? right? So, yeah. And you did it well. Once you get to that point, you're like, if I put this much effort, into a real job, how <laughs> successful could I be? <laughs> yeah. you know? And I think you've, so. you've, you've seen the, uh, the silver lining in that too. So yeah, no, I mean, I mean, unfortunate it's, it's, for the, it, it, the competition scene, but, uh, I mean, you're doing, doing what you love and, and enjoying it. it gives you more time probably to go hunt. Yeah. I mean, less of a schedule, you know, it's, it, it went from a hobby to a job and that's when things become a little bit less exciting. So you can dial it back and do a real job and then go back and just do the fun stuff whenever you want. You kind of realize why you were doing it in the first place. There you go. And, and also, and I don't think we've ever talked about this, but you were a a collegiate golfer. Did we ever talk about that? (laughs) No, I don't think so. But yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I golf. uh, I probably play golf more than I shoot now. (laughs) All right. So are you still uh, swinging the sticks? Uh, every once in a while we play, uh, up in my office, we always go play some charity events during the summer. So, yeah. uh, you know, f- I don't know, maybe f- four or five times a year. Well, see, I didn't know it's that gotta, about you. It's I... gotta be cheaper. Cheaper. <laughs> I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Yeah. You don't have to reload as much. <laughs> some of those greens fees, you know, you know. Well, if you go play the tournaments and it's all That's corporate true. Stuff, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm not paying. <laughs> Playing the scramble matches and whatnot. Yeah. Very cool. So we've got Nick on here because he's got a lot of hands-on experience, uh, obviously with firearms, uh, different kinds of firearms, and that's kind of what we're going to do is we're gonna we're gonna talk with Chris about the you know the ins and outs of of what goes into actually getting taking a real gun and putting it into a video game, a, a quality video game where they're trying to capture the realism of the firearms. Uh, and we're going to talk to Chris about realism. that. Right, the realism. <laughs> uh, and Chris does a lot of shooting himself. Uh, so we're going to get into the research that he does behind his guns. And uh, we're going to kind of compare some different video games to actual real guns and how well they've actually captured um, the guns, the accessories, um, the the movement, just the realism overall. So... That's going to be the main topic of the day today. But before we get into that, we want to thank all the sponsors for the Talking Lead podcast that make uh, each and every episode possible. Mission First Tactical. You guys can go to missionfirsttactical.com, and they're going to hook you up with a discount, 20% off. Use the code LEADHEAD, all lowercase LEADHEAD, and you're going to get 20% off any of your purchases there at Mission First Tactical. Uh, and as you've seen me before, they do awesome 30-round AR magazines. They've got AR-10 magazines. 
Uh, they've got windowed magazines. They do holsters. Uh, and, of course, they do our logoed dump trays, uh, which we call armorer's trays because I use these when I'm cleaning my guns or doing some sort of gun project. Uh, these things work really well for that. Uh, or if you're at a party, you know, and you want to serve drinks on them, they're great for that too. Do your shot glasses. Um, but they call them dump trays, so, you know, you dump your pockets at the end of the night, throw your stuff in there, you're not scratching up your furniture. Really cool uh, little piece of kit to have. You go to Mission First Tactical, uh, and, of course, they've got furniture for your AR-15 as well. Got one here with their handguard on it. Uh, and for you watching on the video, uh, here's their grip and their new minimalist buttstock that's in aluminum. They make a polymer one as well, but this one uh, is their new one, uh, and it's in aluminum. And I really like it, enjoying it on this new build that I just did using a lot of their products. Seal 1, uh, when you build that gun, you want to keep it clean and protected. You go to seal1.net, use the code LEADHEAD, you're going to get 25% off there. And they've got these nice little uh, complete gun care kits that's got their paste, their liquid, their bore patches, which are pre-soaked with their product. Uh, and they've got those in your specific calibers, size for your specific calibers. So just tell them which caliber you want it for. Uh, and you'll get one of these cool kits. It's got a cloth. It's got a brush. Uh, and then you can buy these products separately. They've got an aerosol as well, which I really like the using the aerosols when I'm doing my cleaning. Uh, check them out, seal1.net. Uh, for all your gun cleaning and care needs. And then, guys, we're going to NRA this year. You guys going to NRA in Houston? I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> Nick, I don't, I don't think, think so, so either. So, Leviathan's not going to be going. Nick's not going to be going. But guess who's going? <laughs> this guy. I mean, Leviathan might be there, but I, I'm not going to be <laughs> I think I talked to a Wood about it, and I don't think – I don't. I think he said that they're just going to be walking around. Um, yeah. But we're going to be there, and we're going to be at Caltech's booth. Caltech is the official lead quarters of the Talking Lead podcast for the 2021 NRA in Houston this year. Uh, so if you guys are going to be there, you lead heads are going to be there walking around, checking everything out, make sure you come by Caltech's booth. Uh, and we're going to have some cool swag giveaways. We're going to have shirts. We're going to have these dump trays from Mission First Tactical. We might have some tactical wallets uh, for Mission First Tactical as well. Uh, but we'll have some cool stuff as always. First come, first serve on those. Uh, but just come by, say hey, because you never know who's going to stop by, be on the show during those events. Um, I never know until I get there. It's always a surprise to me too. So <laughs> we're going to have a, a good time. Go show Caltech some love. Let them know how much you appreciate them sponsoring us uh, at the 2021 uh, NRA in Houston. Rob would tell you that failing to prepare is preparing to fail. He's not a prepper, but survival skills, personal preparedness, and self-sufficiency are important skill sets in his book. His firearm of choice, the Keltec RDB Survival, says a lot about him. This great compact bullpup rifle fits in a pack and tight spaces when he feels like bugging out. Unlike ordinary bullpups, the RDBS rifle redefines the concept of platform offering a traditional rifle grip, balance, crisp trigger, and an adjustable buttstock. The RDB Survival delivers 5.56223 ballistic performance in a compact package weighing 5 pounds 14 ounces 
It has a patented downward ejection that allows for complete ambidextrous use with an intuitive safety and reversible charging handle. It's a get you there, never let you down kind of rifle. Innovation, performance, Keltec. So guys, we want to take care of some jack wagons and honor some heroes before we get into our main topic here. So Gunny, bring in that jack wagon train. Hoorah, simplified, do or die, hold them high at 8th and I. It is time for the talking lead jack wagon of the week, so brace yourself, baby. <laughs> All right, the train has stationed, and we've got a few jack wagons that we want to take care of this week. It's been a while since we've done one. So what I want to do first, I want to go to our guest, and uh, I'll start with Chris. Chris, do you have any jack wagons that we need to put on the train that the gunny can haul off for us? Oh man, yeah. Uh, uh, the uh, the White House uh, yesterday calling for uh, phone companies to monitor text messages and calls for misinformation. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's uh, got to be shitting me. Nope, that's a big one for me. Uh, for Tim, Pool, Tim Pool put a, a video out covering it uh, pretty well, and uh, yeah, that's a that's a big nope for me. <laughs> I like that. That's got to be a big note for I would think every single American. I would hope uh, that that's I a hope, nope. <laughs> I hope. I hope even other countries are very much against it. I, I don't. I'm not a fan of that uh, because once that starts, uh, it it immediately uh, tur- turns into a whole bunch of yeah, other stuff. Yeah. So the little bit that I've heard about it uh, is that the reason the reasoning behind it uh, is for the vaccinations. Is, is to stop people uh, discouraging, I guess, others from... Uh, Spreading misinformation is what they said. Mi- but here's, here's what I don't get. How, where do you draw the line between free speech and misinformation? I mean, I guess misinformation is free speech, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, free to, I'm free to lie to you as much as I want. You don't have to listen to me. Well, you used to be. So if, if you're censoring me telling a lie i'm don't get me wrong i'm not a fan of misinformation i want to know the truth right it's like uh you should edit in some x-files sound effects the truth (laughs) is out there but why does the government think that they can regulate what i say to other people unless i'm threatening people or you know harming other people well social media has set the bar you know they they have gone in with with facebook and and twitter and Instagram and they're setting the bar for these private companies to go in and and do the government's work. Um, yeah, it's, so it's not against the government platform, right? Yeah, it's not government overreach if uh, if a if a private company does your dirty work for you. Yet the government you know, subsidizes it, all these companies. Yes. Here's what I don't get on that whole deal is because uh, you know, and then you get in the argument of what point does it become um, you know a public platform because most people get their news from Twitter or most people get their news from Facebook or whatever, you know? So then like, how can you say that they can censor someone when that's where people are going to read the news or hear from the president or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. You know, and then that's up to our elected officials to help, you know, draw that line. And of course, you know, that's us telling them what we think the line is. And you've got to yeah. be active. You got to be vocal. You can't just sit back and and ride the pine. Got to get involved. Yes, yes. If you don't, instead of 
arguing over SBRs being uh, regulated or not. You're arguing over why you can't have braces now, if and that's all from <laughs> inactivity. And luckily, we have companies out there, uh, FPC for one, uh, fighting the good fight. But now they're fighting over braces, and yeah, we should be. And that's past that. that. That's their goal is to get us fighting over little small things. Um, yes. while they're doing other big things over here, you know, it's an erosion of rights little by little. Exactly. Yeah. If you never, if you never knew any different then you don't think it's a big deal. Yep. This is true. Very good. Jack wagon to, to kick us off with there. I like that one. Nick, you got a Jack wagon. Yeah. Well, I got two and you know, I think we've talked about this on other episodes. I could do uh, Hours and hours and hours on Jack Wayne to sit here and complain about everything. Um, I wanted to talk about Activision since we're doing video games, but we can do sure. that also. Yeah. Um, since they're, you know, we're we're going to talk about Call of Duty and Warzone specifically, um, and how there's no anti-cheat, right? I mean, like every single game you get in has a cheater. It's just a matter of how bad they are at cheating. Um, <laughs> right. So that, that was the one I was originally going to do, but then we started talking politics, and uh, I think I'm going to have to say the Democrat Party of Texas, the, the Texas uh, Democrats. Did you see this, where they, they staged a walkout and fled the state to prevent a vote Yes. Um, in the special session that the governor called? I so, did see that, yeah. Two things, and it's going to – I mean, they left on like a – I don't even know, a million dollar luxury bus. And then they got on a private jet and supposedly flew to Washington, D.C. So who paid for the bus? Who paid for the jet? Like the food, the <laughs> yeah. hotels, every taxpayers. Yeah. I, I don't think so. I think that it was privately funded. But oh, really? I haven't heard. I haven't. I've, I was reading about it hours and hours ago and I haven't read who. Like who paid for all this? That yeah, that's not a bad theory, honestly. Um, considering the amount of fanfare and positive press they received, and then uh, you know the vice president and the president want to sit down and talk with them, and because they're on their way to D.C. I mean, it it does have a a bit of theatrics going on with it. So here's oh, yeah, a, they're just doing it to make a big deal out of it. Here's a, an article here, New York Times. I guess they want me to have an account, so fuck the New York Times. I'm not going to read their story. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can't read anything. How about the Houston Chronicle? Employee law enforcement, Texas GOP mules, options for elections bill after Democrats leave the state. Uh, this was, how long ago was this? This was today. It says, after House Democrats left the state Monday in an attempt to block passage of a GOP election bill during a special legislative session, attention turned to the Republicans and what they can do to get the priority legislation passed. House Speaker Dade Fellon, P-H-E-L-A-N, said in a statement that afternoon that the chamber would use every available resource under the Texas Constitution and the unanimously passed House rules to secure a quorum to pass items on special sessions agenda, which was set by Governor uh, Greg Abbott, and a number of House Republicans indicated that they would support what's known as a call of House. Uh, this is all boring shit to me. So basically, yeah, it was so 
Fuck all that. <laughs> it leads leads straight into my hero, so we'll get to that next. But go ahead with yours. With my jack wagon. Yeah. Okay. So before I do mine, I'm going to go to some listener uh, jack wagons because we haven't done those in a while, and we've got one here. I may have done this. Um, David Chipman. So we've done David Chipman. That's an older one. This one, Jeffrey Haddix, uh, San Jose mayor rolls out new gun control proposal days after rail yard mass shooting. Uh, so this was uh, a little while back, but this is something that we need to definitely talk about. Um, I'm going to stop this video before it gets going here. The death toll among victims at a California rail yard is up to... Or maybe I won't catch it before it starts. Um, but what they're basically trying to do is he, you know, California's got the most gun laws probably of any state, maybe next to, to Chicago, and they keep wanting to add more and more. So this guy's wanting to add, I think, 10 more uh, gun laws, which one of those uh, is to require gun owners to carry insurance. They're going to make it a requirement. San Jose wants to force gun owners to carry insurance and pay fees. The fees will be used to reimburse the city for the public cost of gun violence. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Oh, my God. So the San Jose City Council unanimously advanced a number of novel gun control proposals including requirements that gun owners carry liability insurance. I mean, this is just like car insurance. I, I think that should be outlawed as well, but that's my opinion. And that they pay a fee to cover the public cost of gun violence. While the Second Amendment protects the rights to bear arms, it does not require taxpayers to subsidize gun ownership, said San Jose Mayor Sam Licardo in a Tuesday press release. We won't magically end gun violence, but we will stop paying for it. These proposals uh, come a month after a workplace shooting at a light rail facility in San Jose left 10 people dead, including the shooter. Uh, and it goes on to talk about that. So you can um, read more about that if you want to. I'm reading from Reason, Reason.com, Free Minds and Free Markets. That's a new one to me. Here's the thing, you know, driving your car on a public roadway is not actually a constitutional right, right? Mm -hmm. But yes. right to bear arms is. So, I mean, you're basically telling people that they can't, you know, unless they do X, Y, Z. Well, it's unlawful to uh, require taxes on a constitutional right, too. That is right. actually illegal. Yeah, so, there you go. Well, the other thing that it is, is just another layer of elitism, it, you know, where you're, you're moving to, to make people that are lower income unable to, to fend for themselves, and where this is nothing, you know, for rich people. This, you know, hits somebody who's probably in an area <laughs> where they need a gun the most. Uh, it's going to make that just one more barrier, one more cost they have to layer in there and... It's a deterrent. It's definitely a deterrent for uh, to to own a gun, uh, to own a firearm, yes. and um, and it's illegal. <laughs> it's absolutely illegal what they're trying to do. Wasn't there just a, a 
a judge that struck down the assault weapons ban in California? Yeah. The, uh, yeah. um, oh, what was his name? We did, we talked about he's him a, a few he could episodes. be a hero. Benitez, <laughs> uh, Judge Benitez. Yeah, he definitely was a hero. He's on there, but, uh, you know, he gave it like a 30 day stay or 90 day stay or something like that. Uh, and of course, they're appealing it just like they appealed the last one that he did with the magazine ban. You know, he, he deemed that unconstitutional. Yeah. Um, and they put a stay on it and they still can't own those magazines there, even though it was ruled unconstitutional. Uh, they're yeah. still fighting that in, in court. So I think that's completely wrong. While, I mean, this guy, this judge deemed it, you know, unconstitutional. That should lift it all the bans, all the laws, you know, everything preventing them from owning them at that moment. And they should be able to own those until they figured out that, you know, that if they're going to appeal it, they appeal it. But it shouldn't be the opposite way. Once this judge made it unconstitutional, then all that shit should be lifted and they should be able to flood that stuff in there as much as they want to buy the magazines, buy the guns, not the opposite, where they're preventing them until they can figure out a way to to overturn it. And I got to get yep. a sip of Jack on that one. Not a sponsor of the Talking Lead podcast, but a damn good motivator yep. for the show. <laughs> <laughs> I must say. Um, and that was going to be my my jack wagon also. I was going to throw this, uh, this dweeb on the, the jack wagon train too. So, Leadhead... Um, Jeffrey Haddix, thank you for sending that in. We appreciate it. Uh, if any of you other leadheads have jack wagons you want to nominate, send them in, talkinglead at gmail.com and put jack wagon nomination or something like that in the, in the, uh, subject. So my, uh, jack wagon, excuse me, is the U.S. women's soccer team. And this happened uh, maybe a, a week or so, a couple of weeks ago. July 6th, I think, is when this article was published, Fox Sports. Uh, so basically what happens is, you know, they play the national anthem um, during United States sports events. Says the U.S. soccer disputed allegations the women's national team disrespected a World War II veteran and the American flag before their Olympic send-off match against Mexico on Monday. A video circulated on Twitter showing some of the U.S. players facing away from the harmonica playing Pete Dupree while other team members faced forward. Some players had their hands behind their backs while others had their hands placed on their hearts, which is where they should be, uh, whether they respect the American flag or America or in what they're playing and representing the United States. It's not a platform for them to be political. I wholeheartedly believe that, and I believe that every one of those players should be kicked off the team uh, for that. You've got a, a World War II veteran that's out there. I mean, he's probably got to be, you know, 100 at least by now. Yeah, 90, 95 probably at least. Yeah. Um, playing the national anthem on his harmonica. Uh, 
I mean, that fact alone, they should just respect their elders for one. Uh, but this guy, you know, put his his life and uh, everything on the line, and uh, to show him that disrespect, I mean, I don't care what your political views are, that's just wrong. It yeah, says, you know, I mean, why would you be on the U.S. soccer team if you don't want to represent and the United States show patriotism for the United States? Right. Like, why would you want to be Olympics, on any United States team? Yeah. You know, it, that that's that's what it should be boil that's what it should boil down to is that they show disrespect to our country, they're on the team, they get kicked off. They're off I mean it should be an automatic you're out of here, buddy. The story that's where I'm at, man. Yeah, the story goes on and says and while anger and outrage grew, US soccer said it was misplaced. To be clear, no one turned their back on the World War II veteran Pete Dupree. Bullshit. That's exactly what they did. <laughs> During tonight's anthem, some USWNT players were simply looking at the flag on a pole in one end of the stadium. The players all loved Pete, thanked him individually after the game, and signed a ball for him, the organization tweeted. Of course, you're covering your ass. Yeah. You know, you go and ask them uh, personally what they were doing, they'll tell you. They were protesting. So, uh, it's like the U.S. soccer is trying to save face um, by spinning this uh, a different way. But uh, there's a picture. Let me just share my screen here. Hey, here's the thing. Nobody was watching anyway. It's women's soccer. <laughs> uh, women's soccer is pretty huge. They got a pretty, pretty big damn following. So here's a. Looks yeah, like, I guess it's more than women's basketball. <laughs> yeah. Here's a Twitter video. I don't know if I can play this or not, but I'm playing it. So this is showing them come up and and sign a soccer ball, and I don't know if all of them are coming up and signing it or not. But that's the gentleman there. Um, Pete. Do you think the coach was? Do you think the coach was treating him like kids? Like you will go sign that soccer ball right now. <laughs> you go sign so my, Uncle Joe's soccer ball. So yeah. my thing with all this, like, I think I have probably a more libertarian view on this one. Well, maybe. My thing is, all right. So if you don't like the national anthem, and you know, and you want to burn you know, the American flag. I, I don't have to like it, but it's a free country, and, and you know what, do your thing. However, you can't do that and also be, like, on the Representing USA. Representing the U.S.? Yeah, you can't, because you look like an idiot. You look like a hypocrite. Like, uh, I'm sorry, I hate this place. However, uh, you know, I, I do like the perks I get for being, you know, on the sporting team. It's... Eh. It's ridiculous, and I, I try and give, I try it, it as best I can to. No, I'm with you. Live yeah, you live got, and let live. You have the right you know? to do it. Yeah, you have the I right mean, to do it, but you also have the right to get kicked off the team. <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. And I and I wish more people had balls to just draw lines like that because, I mean, I you know I'm, the the socialists you know have their own shooting teams now, and you know that's fine, but <laughs> but but. I'm never going to go be on, you know, their shooting team. And I like, I don't represent that. I would, I wouldn't want to be there to, to represent that by, by my presence. So it's just normal stuff. It's like, I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand why they would want to be on the team just 
I guess, you know, to immediately turn around and and take that approach to it. Yeah. No other skill set, I guess. That'd be my guess. <laughs> it's entirely possible. Right. I mean, they want to they want to play soccer. They enjoy playing soccer. They want to, you know, reap the benefits that the the game has given them and the country has given them playing the game. Uh, but yet they want to disrespect the country. Go play for China. Yeah, Venezuela. All right, so that's my jack wagon. Cuba. Enough said about that. Cuba. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no said about that um, but again if you guys have jack wagon send them to me talking at gmail.com uh, my hero is Pete Dupree the World War II veteran there um, he is right definitely on. definitely my hero um, I had another one I'm going to let you guys do you have heroes and I'll get to my other hero yeah, uh, so your, your wagon led into your hero Mine does too. The our senator, our our governor here in Texas, Greg Abbott, um, has uh, said that all of the Democrats that left the state will be arrested and brought back to the Capitol. So, <laughs> can he do that? Uh, yeah, it's yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah, it's legal. Uh, there's a provision there to do exactly that. So, that is awesome. I hope he does that. Um, I mean. He will. <laughs> if they, <laughs> if they don't, don't voluntarily come back. Come back. If yeah. they don't come back. That's, oh my gosh. All right, Chris, what about you? You got a hero? Well, let's see. Uh, I, two, I guess. We'll go, go through two because they're both, you know, pretty good. I, I would say uh, Firearms Policy Coalition for always being in the trenches. Okay. Um, just absolutely. Uh, they, you know, they started late in the game. So they got a lot of ground to cover. Uh, and as mentioned earlier, uh, my friend L, uh, com, a researcher <laughs> and firecracker. Uh, she also goes by at L hates you a lot on Twitter. And she's a not and a great person and does not bite her tongue. And she repeatedly gets banned from things. So that's so, two heroes for me. This is her website, somebitchtoldme.com. It says, cite your source or get the fuck out. <laughs> she adheres like to it. that. There's t-shirts. It's great. Uh, really cool. So just an example, we don't need no education as Delta variant spikes in British school students are caught faking positive COVID-19 tests. There's an article there. Here's a, a 10 COVID TikToks that make me want to end it all. <laughs> the Biden administration seeks to expand funding for 1994 crime bill programs. Uh, so, yeah, she's got some interesting stuff here. So if you guys get an opportunity, go check out somebitchtoldme.com. And what was her name? L that we said? L. L. Yeah. Um, I won't give her her full name. Maybe we can uh, get her I'm, on the show sometime. That would be fun. I think I will talk to her. I think she would. Uh, she would be great for that. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, and then we stop sharing. I'm going to look. I think I've got uh, some leadhead nominations here. Let's go check these real quick. For. Do do Lead Head Brigade Heroes. See Ed Burton, Good Samaritan, John Hurley, 
that was killed after stopping a cop killer from killing others in, looks like, Arvada, Colorado. You guys familiar with that? Yes. No. Yes, I am. That was a pretty hot topic uh, on on Twitter in the circles I run in. Also, some alarming takes from police officers that I saw in that as well. Do tell. Tell us about that because I'm not familiar with this. Okay, so uh, uh, I guess a brief recap of the event. There was an active shooter. Uh, this was a, a concealed carry holder, and he was just out shopping. Uh, guy immediately executes a police officer. He starts shooting others. This guy runs at the gunfire. Uh, he assesses and, and drops the shooter, uh, picks up and secures the rifle. Police cruisers pull up and light him up uh, as soon as they Whoa. get on the scene. And they killed him. And mm. uh, it's the I think the interesting take I saw from a police officer on Twitter, uh, he was like, uh, if I hear officer down and I see people with a gun, they're getting nuked was his exact words. And that was a <laughs> it was a huge thing. And he was uh, and I guess he should have been the, fired immediately. Well, he's yeah. got a. He's got a screen name and a moniker. I don't think anybody truly knows who he is, you know, mm. in, in real life. But the problem with that is probably the mindset of that, because there was it, it was not a one and done. I mean, he was doubling down on it. Other cops were weighing in, and it's like, well, we got to get home at the end of the night. And it's like, look, you well, know. Look, <laughs> I mean, here's it, the problem. So, I mean, I was a cop for 10 years, and, yeah. you know, I thought about this situation Every single day I went to work. What happens if this happens? What happens if that happens? Whatever. You know, we do training on it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could I could understand if the police show up and the good guy is shooting the bad guy and they yell at him and he doesn't hear him or whatever and he gets shot. I can see that happening. I mean, yeah. it'd be unfortunate, right? But if you roll up and the bad guy is dead and the good guy is not actively shooting anyone and... Eh, I mean, hey, drop the gun, you know? <laughs> you don't just pull up and blast somebody because they said officer down on the radio. You yeah, know? there's, there's got to be some level of, of threat assessment, and, and I understand. But I think the critical statement that was made that really kind of got to me uh, in his telling was uh, I said, well, he was standing there uh, with, with an AR-15. So I'm obviously going to light him up. And I was like, wow. Okay. <laughs> Why? I, yeah. yeah like, but it's like, that was the, what's your actually, reasoning? You know what? Hang on guys. I, I, I got, I got a tweet for you. I do have it actually here. Let me, uh, I'll send it to you. Okay. Um, I'll pull it up. Send it to me and I'll pull it up but, on the screen here. I mean that, like you said, there has to be some level of threat assessment. Those, the, I don't know. I wasn't there, but if it happened, the way you initially told it happened, those cops are responsible for what they did. I mean, there's every every shot you fire, you're responsible for, whether it's right or wrong, and you have to take some level of ownership. Accidents do happen, you know. Yep. People, I feel like people in this society have forgotten that accidents happen. You know, there's yes, yes, yes you're responsible for that accident, but did you do it intentionally? Was it with malice? No. But in the case of you roll up, you see somebody holding a gun, so you shoot them. I mean, hey, uh, and what in Texas? I don't know about Colorado. In Texas, it's legal for me to walk around with a rifle, you know. 
So yep. <laughs> if I just get shot because I'm holding it, that's you wrong. Can, you can click on the screenshot there. He uh, he, he ultimately caught enough backlash that he, I think he click on this one Twitter. or this one. Ah, the top one because that's the that was his initial response. Okay, and and so I screenshot it. Yeah, Rusty Shackelford was the supposed police yeah. officer, I and mean, we don't even know if he's a police officer or not. Oh no, it's pretty sure. Some of his other department buddies are on Twitter, so uh, I mean, they, it's pretty well established that they're they're all cops. Yeah. Well, I mean, and <laughs> yeah, and so was That's he ridiculous. was he shooting when he got shot, or was he finished shooting? Oh no, it was uh, it was already done, and he had secured the rifle and okay, and, slung, and gotten it gotten it away from the actual shooter. Yeah, and, that may uh, have been a bad decision, but you know. And, in hindsight, uh, I, I mean, it's a tough call because you know you're you're taught to secure a weapon. I mean, dropping down, maybe maybe clearing it and chucking that magazine yeah. far, far away would be a good idea. But yeah, or just you know, yeah, like you said, clear the weapon, pitch it in the corner, and just well, there you know, you know there's there training cover. that you can take. You know, there's people that train what to do in situations like that and how to not get shot i mean the best to increase your odds of not getting shot by the the good yeah. guys yeah uh, and i'm not i'm not blaming the guy at all but that you know there probably could have been better things done but yeah. i don't know i mean i'm trying to think of a situation where i responded to a call and there was someone who was armed who wasn't a police officer or was in plain clothes that i didn't personally know and I'm sure it happened, but I can't think of it specifically because nobody ended up getting shot. So, it, you know, it doesn't stand out in my mind. But that's like blowing a red light going to a call. It happened every day. So you don't really remember one. But I can think of very specific times where you arrive on scene and there is somebody absolutely like pinning somebody to the ground, grinding their face in the pavement. And you, they obviously make it known and you can tell, well, that's the good guy holding the bad guy down that just kicked somebody's ass or whatever, you know? So, yeah. I mean, there it's, you, you run up in that situation where there's an officer down, been shot and multiple shots fired and who knows how much information you've got, but if the guy's hanging out there, you know, I don't know, like I said, I don't know the circumstance, but I assume he's holding the rifle going, Hey, I'm the good guy. You don't just shoot him, <laughs> you know? <laughs> They won't. Yeah, I mean, uh, they won't release the dash cam or body cam or anything like that. Apparently, I, I don't. I don't know what's yeah. going on there. Um, and I think uh, witness testimony. There's a lot of people watching uh, that spoke out and said, "No, the cops pulled up and shot <laughs> that guy immediately." They were trying to. Yeah. They were trying not to address the fact that they were the ones that shot him, and it was public mm. outcry from. Uh, people that dude saved. <laughs> like, well, I mean, there, like, no, the there needs to be him. as much public outcry for that shooting as there are for the uh, the BLM <clears throat> protests and and the shootings well, that occur there. There needs to be even more. It, I, 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 the argument of well, we got to go home at night. You know, I don't I don't want somebody cutting my boot laces off. I want to be able to take my boots off when I get home. Yes, to an extent, but at the same time, you have to understand that you took that job. There's risk in that job. You put yourself at risk to do the job, and there's a chance that in doing your job, you're going to be injured or killed. You know, it's like that's like somebody running away from you and you not chasing them because it's dangerous. And well, what that's if you pull up and shot a, a fed or a plain clothes or yeah. you know an, you know uh, undercover? Well, isn't it uh, in Chicago now? The police can't chase anyone on foot in a vehicle or 
that's that's a lot of places now. That's they, a lot of places. They can't chase. But that's a that's because the department doesn't want the liability, and they say, "Look, it's too dangerous. We'll catch him later." Okay, well, you let that guy go. He kills ten people and you know sets a church on fire. You know, I mean, like which liability you do crime, you want? You do the time. You need to get caught. You know. Yeah, exactly. All right. That's uh that's a good uh good hero there. Good nomination, uh Leadhead Ed. We appreciate you sending that in. Uh my nomination for hero is the Sheepdog Impact Assistance Organization. They're having a climb for a cause, Kilimanjaro, and we need some donations from you guys. Uh, I've had Sa- Sergeant Major Lance Nutt on the show several times. I've been to their um charity events. I've helped them with their disaster recovery missions that they've uh, done all across the the nation, and they've even gone to some foreign countries. Uh, But they've got a group of people, group of disabled veterans, that they're going to be taking to Mount Kilimanjaro. Um, They're going to climb it, and they're trying to raise $100,000. I think it's supposed to be $100,000. They're missing a zero there. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Here it is over here, $100,000. Are they missing a... A, a period and it's supposed to be a hundred dollars zero cents <laughs> uh, i think it's going to be a hundred thousand is what they're okay that makes more sense uh they're trying to do so here are the climbers uh you've got noah galloway travis strong here's scott west which uh i went on a, a hog hunt with scott scott and i did the um uh, the vietnam veterans hog hunt where we had those two um vietnam veterans that we took out had a great time with them in texas uh, Sebastian Galigos, probably saying that wrong. Uh, and then there's Michael Nimmo, and then there's Sergeant Major. He's going to be there. Anthony Madison, George uh, Chamel. I'm butchering these guys' names, I'm sure. But these are the climbers. This is everybody they're trying to send on this Mount Kilimanjaro uh, climb. And it's climbforacause.com. Uh, is where you go and you can donate for this. And Sheepdog Impact Assistance, they're a great organization for our wounded law enforcement, military men and women, first responders. Uh, you know, they they help the whole first responder community in our military. And it's just a wonderful organization. I'm proud to be a part of it. And uh, you guys can uh, take part, donate. You can volunteer. Uh, this is their website here, sheepdogia.org, and um, talks about all their different programs. They have outdoor adventures. They do, uh, like I said, the disaster recovery missions. So just a great organization to get involved with and um, a great bunch of people there. So go check them out. Help donate for that uh, Kilimanjaro climb. Let them know you're a leadhead. All right, Nick, did you do your hero? Did you have a hero? Oh, yeah, yeah it's the governor. Your... It's easy. The governor. Governor? Yeah, I had another one, but I don't remember who it was, so they must not have been that important. <laughs> well, if it comes to you, we can always back that uh, plane back up and come around and pick them up. Uh, so all our lead heads get a ride on Lead Force One to uh, any destination that they choose. All right, Gunny, get that train out of here. We want to talk video games and guns now. So let's get into our tockets. Our our, uh, our topic. Our talkit? What did I say? Our topic. Talkets. It's one talk of it is the topic that you talk. Our talkit. I'll talk. Our talkit points. We're going to talk it. Words are hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Chris. Sir. Give us a little bit of background. A little bit of your background. How did you get involved with uh, 
placing firearms into video games. How did this all come about? Purely accidental. Uh, just uh, ha- having a, a mild footprint in the video game industry and having always been a shooter, and I just I had some friends that just happened to be working on stuff and uh, and I saw some min- misinformation from posted somewhere. I can't even remember where at one point in time. Um, just regarding the whole process of, oh, we have to use fake guns, you know, or we'll get sued. And, you know, and it was like, well, that's not true. Cause I know, and I know quite a few people that work in the industry. That's not true at all. It's just a couple of, just a couple of hoops you got to jump through. And, uh, that's how it began. Um, it started out really small for about six weeks and it just immediately exploded into, uh, reaching out and talking and networking. Now, were you into people. to developing video games or? No, no, I am like on the technical end of that. No, I don't, I don't, I don't make them myself. I, I am definitely the intermediary about uh, getting that real world knowledge down to information they can understand uh, that makes sense to them because we could. So you're kind of the there. the interpreter. Yeah, yeah, it's trying to simplify things. And uh, different game engines uh, work with different, uh, you know, formulas for how things are done. And so you kind of have to have to understand how to relay the, the numerical values to these guys in just terms that, yeah. they, that they can readily understand. So I guess what I'm asking is how did you get that language? How did you get the, um, the computer language? Where would you learn that from? Uh always been a PC gamer uh, my entire life so I did have an understanding of it prior of, of how things work uh, the first year I, I kind of had to learn a lot of uh, engine limitations and methods in which they go about uh, just implementing the various changes in video games I I think my, my first time really understanding things were didn't have to be as bad as as I felt like they were compared to real life uh, was uh, Rainbow Six Vegas 2 uh, on PC. It was very easy to open it up and actually uh, go through the CFG files and correct the magazine capacities. And then I was like, well, there's actually numerical values here for how the recoil works. And uh, I can speed up the, the rate of fire and get that correct. And so that was really like the first time I really started playing with something and understanding it. Um, and then here we are now, five, six years later. So Now, do you work specifically with the um, PC or do you work with the console people as well? Um, I, most of what I work on is, is like painstaking realism focused or it, at least balanced close enough to real life as they can get it. Yeah. Uh, and it's probably a topic that will come up at some point in this conversation sure. is, is real life versus gameplay balance. Yeah, and yeah. And I just kind of wanted to get for our listeners, you know, give them an idea of, you know, your background and, and where you come from. So talk about the opposite of that now. Let's talk about your experience with firearms. How did you get involved with the, with the firearms side of things? Um, <laughs> my, I, I grew up uh, in, a, in a country area and uh and my dad hated guns and what did not want 
uh, he's polar opposite of me. I, I, he doesn't speak to me, but <laughs> uh, that's, that's, <laughs> that's been the good. case since I was in my early teens. But um, uh, he hated guns, uh, polar opposite of me in just about every, uh, every facet. He definitely uh, would have preferred me being into Dungeons and Dragons and, and having a pocket protector and all of that sort of thing. And, uh, and w- what turned out was uh, a hybrid of both. Uh, I'm definitely a dork and definitely all about uh, some gunfight. And it just started that way. My my grandfather uh, made certain that I knew how to use firearms. Uh, my mom was okay with it. And uh, Was your and uh, grandfather uh, military or law enforcement? He was military. And uh, he did that for a, a large chunk of his life. And um, when I was five years old, six years old, I believe, somewhere around in there, I uh, got diagnosed with Parkinson's, and he was a super athlete, like super, super athlete. So it took a, a a very long time to kill him. And so I had him as a father figure for until I turned 30. Uh, and uh, it changed my, changed my life. Uh, honestly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have it any other way. What year were you born? 1981. 81. Okay, so 10 years difference. I was born in 71. Um, gotcha. I think Nick's probably, what, in between us? Uh, I'm 12 years younger than you. Okay, so you're you're younger than him. Yep. So Nick is the babe on the show. <laughs> what up? What up, boo? Uh-huh. But, you know, growing up, the video game, you know, I, I grew up when the video game came out uh, in the 70s the video game consoles and, and, you know, the home video game in television, uh, Activision. Um, what was the other one? Nintendo. I don't know if Nintendo was there, but it eventually came along. (laughs) Atari. Yeah. Atari. That's the one. Atari. Yeah. Um, so you were like back in the day, it was like you were either in television or you were Atari, you know, kind of thing. It's kind of like you were your Pepsi or Coke or your, you know, my Blue, grandmother Blue had Ray a television or... and uh, a Texas Instruments as well, I believe. And so that was where the love for gaming started. You say your grandmother? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's cool. So your grandmother had an Intellivision, huh? Yeah. Nice. So um, so that's kind of, you know, I, I grew up with video games. They've been a part of my life, and, and I still dabble a little bit today I and mean, you can see over there nick's playing uh, call of duty uh between call of duty I'm just building us building us some kits to talk about yeah call of duty and um what's the uh the other one? battlefield are kind of the the two main ones that that i've played but since they've improved you know the call of duties and expanded the maps and things i haven't really played the the battlefield much but uh, you know, just growing up, seeing the evolution from where they first started to where they are today is just, it's unbelievable. Um, you, I mean, Pong, <laughs> if you go, yeah. if you go back to the, you know, the Pong days and the, um, or the pitfall, uh, days, uh, I can't remember the first like gun game that I had actual gun game. It's been so long ago. Uh, duck hunt, I guess, would be <laughs> probably like one of the first. Duck hunt in Hogan's Alley, I think was. Uh, duck hunt was so good. 
Oh, I love Duck yeah. Hunt. Yeah, that little dog that was on there that would go retrieve him for you. Loved that. What what was what was the uh was it Spy Hunter? That where you're driving the car and it's like you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I can't remember the name of that game, but yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, that yeah. was that was. I have that memory with Duck Hunt. Had the uh, the cool car that you drive around. Um, but just to see the evolution from where they are, and then of course you get into the PC gaming, uh, and the the realism that they've brought to the PC gamers is just it's just un unreal, and that's. You know, you were telling me some of the games that you work on. Talk about some of those games. Tell us some of the games that you have personally worked on, Chris. Uh, some of my favorites are probably uh, Ground Branch, which is great. It's um, it's an effort to return to uh, the old days of Ghost Recon and Rainbow Six, back when it was a slow-paced uh uh, you really had to think about your actions, or you would uh, you'd be staring at the ceiling. Um, excellent title, uh, owned by a vet. Uh, the company is, and they're doing some great work. Have some very interesting methods for uh, having gear because you you actually have full access to your Picatinny rails uh, to put optics wherever you want, to put flashlights, lasers wherever you want, and they do the same thing with clothing. And it all has a purpose. And nice. so you can actually structure your your mag pouches and everything, uh, the the amount you want and where you want them and everything like that. They're, is it a first-person shooter? Yes, it is. It is. And they, what uh, game is also, this? It's called Ground Branch, and it's currently in development. Uh, you can mm. play it in early access on PC, but it's nice. a wonderful group of guys. Uh, something... Um, strikes a little more of a balance between uh arcade and 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 simulation would be insurgency sandstorm uh worked with those guys a lot uh we actually had my my other company black site we actually handled a lot of the release marketing for that game as well and uh it's great group of guys uh, a lot more fast-paced uh but the but the realism and in, in the focus on on trying to get that gunfight experience correct is definitely there. That would be like two that are a good sample size. We're uh, we have an in-house project we're working on that will be completely free called Operation Harsh Doorstop, and that will be uh, realism focused as well. Uh, and that'll be uh, showing up for everyone to just have at uh, later this year. So. Is uh, and what was the so I'm on Ground Branch's website right now. Um, uh, looks pretty cool. Uh, yeah, you can actually probably uh, look up if you back out and go click on their Steam link. It'll take you to the store page. There's, there'll probably be some videos playing on there that are muted by default generally. Click on the what? Uh, if you back out to where you searched Ground Branch. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, next down is the store page for it. Next one, just keep going down to the next entry. This one? Uh, there you go. Yes, sir. Okay, and Steam Power, that's, a, that's the other video game? Or no, that's his ground branch still, okay. All right, yeah, and Steam is just like uh, your PC uh, marketplace. That's where everything's sold on PC. So this is uh, like some footage from the, the game here? 
Oh, yeah, and it's raw gameplay footage. It's not touched up or, you know, made to look uh, unnaturally pretty. It's just raw gameplay. Very cool. So um, let's talk about how they they get a gun, how you take a real gun, and then you put it into a video game. What are the steps uh, that they go through to, to do that? Let's say, let's just take a an AR-15. For instance, uh, or a Glock. A, I mean, whichever is easier. There's a couple of different methods, um, and it varies on who I'm working with. Uh, some need. Uh, it, it starts generally the process because a lot of times it's laser scanning that I end up doing. Uh, so guns get sent to me. Uh, I start breaking them down to you know their base components. Uh, I. I shy away from internal diagrams or anything like that because I don't want to give any trade secrets away. Uh, but we get a laser scan uh, of the firearm. And, and what are you using point, to laser scan it with? Uh, there's uh, places in Atlanta that I'll, I'll go uh, in large chunks. They have very expensive laser scanners. Yeah. So it's uh, like you know, 70 grand for a scanner. So... It's, uh, that's one method. Uh, this, the next method is photogrammetry. It's, uh, basically a lazy Susan and 1200 photos. And you just kind of <laughs> slowly turn and turn and turn and take high res photos and they can take it and put it in a piece of software and spin it up. And it makes pretty close to a 3d model. That's, that's dead on accurate. And you can just fix it by hand here and there. So the you're basically method, like, like landscaping all those pictures together to, Yes, sir. That is correct. The last method is freehand uh, tracing off of really up close high res photos, uh, and that's tricky. That also is a t- the most expensive and the quickest is the laser scanning, and it comes out the best. And probably uh, the most accurate too, I would think. It is. The freehand guys are really good. We have some great guys on our team that can do some stuff freehand, but it does result in multiple phone calls about can you can you take a shot from this angle can i get a shot from this angle and i mean it's it's very time consuming on my end even though i'm not doing any of the work i'll you know it's uh it's a process and there's different ways and if they're hand tracing it where does it go from there into a computer well well they're no they're hand tracing it in a computer so they're using a a modeling software and there's i get you there's several different uh, softwares they can use in order to, to actually build out the models. But basically, it, it works similar to a three-dimensional Photoshop, maybe, if that, that helps you kind of understand. So you can put an image in the background and then start tracing wireframes in front of that over all the, the different lines. Um, and that's how that happens. Now, my job kind of comes in to help with rate of fire and recoil impulse and... What happens when you add this component and that component into the mix? Uh, ballistics. Uh, me and you're going to fight. <laughs> <laughs> barrier penetration. Uh, probably not, because I don't, I don't think you've played anything I've worked on. Um, okay. Fair enough. It, yeah. yeah, it was one of those it was one of those things where he's like, uh, you know, we'll talk about modern warfare. And I'm like, I, I, I didn't work on modern warfare. I, I have some qualms with how they do things, so... Perfect. All right, maybe we'll be friends. <laughs> We're going to be best of friends then after this. Yeah. <laughs> Are you familiar with uh, the Call of Duty Modern Warfare? 
Uh, yeah, uh, played it on release. Okay. Uh, you know, had fun right. with it. I, I particularly enjoyed the campaign. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, did a little bit of multiplayer fun after that. I don't have much time to play games anymore unless I'm just doing it for a work reason. It's, uh, it's one of those things. I guess. Well, I would think you that you'd want to just to see what other people are doing your competition and, um, you know, get tips and tricks on maybe what you could do with yours to make it better or, you know, mm-hmm. we're so much far ahead than, than these guys or whatever. But, you know, just uh, I would think that you would do that for that reason alone. But, um, uh, yeah. But yeah, let's talk yeah. about, so let's talk about, um, so you scanned the gun. You've done a 3D rendering of it um, digitally. Um, they go in. What do they do when they get that? What what happens to that? Uh, they start working on animations, and uh, and so for the most part, that doesn't require too much of my input. In theory, uh, a lot of the problems you run into sometimes you'll see it in other games where things are just done wrong, like like cycling or manipulating your slide or your bolt when you know you're doing attack reload and it's mm-hmm. you know it's not a failure uh uh mag releases from the wrong place uh where you can you know you can clearly see like he indexed his finger uh his, his trigger finger on a, a mag button that's not there on a styre aug yeah it's just things like that little things where i have to kind of like step or in a, go, no, a revolver no, no. ejecting the shells oh yeah yeah that's another one Another or pickup. or all the other guns not ejecting, right? Yeah, yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah. A lot a, of that comes a... into power, though. I'm sure on the operating system, you know, in the in the design of the software and everything. Like you just until recently, you just couldn't have that much stuff going on. Yeah, well, I mean, and there's older games that got it right, and then there's stuff that comes out now that it's just not important to them. My what I will say, for the most part, that Modern Warfare did extremely well was just getting uh, the urgency of mag changes and manipulating your weapon. They got that right. Um, and uh, a lot of the movements are pretty accurate. There's some L-shaped reloads in situations that you would not be even attempting to fuck with that like oh yeah yeah, yeah. You, a tactic attack reload is what you're talking about where you retain a magazine yeah yeah, yeah. so you know there's you're not going to be doing that when when lead is is in your face so it's one of those but i think they they really were happy with their animations and they wanted them as flashy as possible and sure. and that's okay for the most yeah, part the tech, they nailed it. the tack reloads in this game i don't know if you have my screen pulled up marty but mm-hmm. the tack reloads in this game that right there is the best tech reload you're ever going to see anyone ever do in real life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that, and that's with the six. That's with a sixty round mag. Do that with two sixty round mags. <laughs> and where did he put it? I mean, I guess he's got a dump pouch, but that's fast. I mean, his hands going I, down somewhere to to put it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, dump pouch. Reloads are uh, a, a constant fight to have amongst uh, myself and and game developers. It's fun because. Uh, the the really realistic games when they go in and they're like oh you know we want this you know slow paced and methodical and very realistic and then I get like a like a <clears throat> nine second re- reload and I'm like what are you doing no like you know empty mag bad it goes on the floor as fast as you can gun has to get back online like 
Like nobody is going to do this slow fishing around in a in their in their pockets for a magazine. You gotta you gotta speed it up, and that's where the the gameplay balance versus you know real life you you have to find that sweet spot. It's uh, yeah yeah, and that the, gets uh, into to a different aspect, you know, kind of further along than where we're at because they actually um, don't they have like live people and they're they're recording their movements with that. What is that called? Where they put the balls everywhere and motion capture. Yeah, yeah. So that's part of the motion capture aspect of it, right? Uh, <laughs> some places use mo, mo, mocap and some don't. So, uh, there's, so how uh, are they getting the, the reloads and the, you know, the, um, and animation do what? Yeah. They animate hand by animation. Hand. Yeah, so they, they just, animate everything by hand. Okay. Create it from scratch. Make it look good. As as far as I know, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure that the the issue with motion capture is that you you know you you record that motion and you tie it to the gun, and and that's that. And if you're doing a hand animation, you can actually get it to do like procedural variation. So it'll actually be slight imperfections and slight changes to the the movement. Which looks more realistic because even in the back of your brain, it's not perfectly identical every time you do it. They, and get, so, uh, they get a lot of the animation really good in this game. Oh, know, yeah. As far as like hand, like you're talking about hand manipulation. The only thing you can kind of see is like where you're holding the rifle right there. The wrist looks kind of weird, but I mean, it's your. I mean, it's a three-dimensional world that you're trying to put on a two-dimensional screen. So I mean, it's yeah. going to look like that. But and yeah, they can't. They've got to. They've got to put the arm somewhere where it's not in your way. Yes. too. Yeah. Otherwise, you're doing well, a Costa. Don't have to, but yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. But yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Their animation uh, department is really good, and it, and there's an urgency and and a bit of authority going on with all your manipulation. And I mean, it really, they did a fantastic job there. I can't, I can't give them a hard time about their animation. Yeah. So, so they take the guns, they've 3d rendered them, they've animated them, they've put them in there. Um, what about the, you know, like we're talking about the magazines, the, the recoil, the sound, how, how does all that come into play? How do they, you know, marry all these different components into uh, a working is, firearm. Sound is done a couple of different ways. Um, really large, big-budget studios with a really huge audio department can can create, if they chose to, they could create, you know, a dead room that they could fire from. In a perfect world, I, you know, I have 150 acres and do that myself and i would just strictly work on sound that would be great but that's you so know, you do that yourself you you actually record for no, your no, clients no, no and i've said oh. in a perfect world i would definitely choose to do that oh, and okay. just abandon all all else uh most sound comes from sound libraries uh that people have created and they sell um a lot of the sounds you hear that sound like the best representation of a gunshot you've ever heard in a game aren't even a gunshot. It's something a sound engineer made from scratch going through different waves and layering them. So it's pretty impressive. Um, it's That's how that works. So that's the sound. And there's you know those two ways to do it. Most everybody works off of libraries or an engineer. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
doing raw real world gunshots is so hard to do. You have to have such an incredible microphones in order to yeah. get it correctly. You know, the recording of it is what's so hard. I mean, yep. you got so many and it's almost, I would think it's almost impossible to get something that, you know, just almost mimics the, the feel of a, a gunshot, you <laughs> know, just soccer concussive, ball. the concussiveness of it, you know, oh, I don't even know it's a word. Uh, but it's got to have a shake to it, you know. It's true, and and a screech as well. You know, the if you ever forgot your ear pro and you fire a you know a ten inch five five six gun, it's just that like skull fracturing shrill, yeah. and it's hard to capture that. And so most of it's sound engineers and. Uh, uh, when it when it starts coming to balancing recoil magazines or you know what it's magazines are just magazines like they you know they have a number they know what the number is that's how many bullets go in it so that's fine like that one's easy you know I I can handle that there's rarely ever an issue with that I got to go back and and tinker with but uh, the the recoil and everything I do on my end and they, I have a method of. Uh, trying to, to keep a, a constant level playing field with recoil. And that does require a lot of just doing it by sight and feel um, and working with them just to get it absolutely correct. My dog's over here coughing. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's hard to nail down the recoil. Um, it just all has to be done by hand. But how do you I do that? How do you, how do you measure the recoil? On my end, uh, I have a window frame. It's wooden. It's hashed out in degrees, and I can record with my phone and when I'm shooting and actually measure it. And I mean, I've been shooting all my life, so I'm, I guess, better than average in, in terms of handling recoil. I'm of average height and build, so um, kind of like a decent baseline for myself. Mm-hmm. But I can measure like uh, the degrees of muzzle rise. Off of just going back and looking at that and going, oh, okay. I don't have to do that too often. Uh, it, it's only when it's something really weird or rare that comes in, or if I have to put something on a gun that I'm not used to. Um, you know, like there's such a large scope of things that I don't just strictly work on like the the tier one cutting edge of things. Sometimes I have to. Sh- and I asked me what an Olight's like, and I'm like, well, it's not great. Like, it, and it's heavy. And they're like, well, how does that affect things? And how can we make it right. accurate in a game? Right. You know? And so we work on that. And uh, Because if you, a lot of these games, and I'll say a lot of them, I mean, really the only ones I'm familiar with are the two I mentioned before. But when you, when you add certain things, then it changes the performance of the firearm in certain ways. Yes. So, all so how ex- how realistic is you know putting the optic, putting the uh, the foregrip, putting a different butt stock, you know that kind of stuff? How much do they really care about that, or is that just more for their game um, mechanics? The, pretty much everything I work on, uh, uh, we assign a, a value to. So we add weight. Uh, we add the weight of that object to the weight of the gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can affect things in different ways. My favorite way for it to to affect things is if you pile a bunch of weight on a gun, uh, you can oversteer. It actually changes the sensitivity and 
uh, inertia of the gun. So if I put, uh, you know, an, an IR and, and then I put a white light and then I put a, a, an IR flood and yeah, I've got a, a aluminum or stainless steel foregrip or something like that on there. Yeah. And I got a, an LPVO on top of there. And I start just piling all this weight on this gun that when you're actually running through and you're trying to switch from target to target, you get some oversteer. Not a lot, like not game breaking and ridiculous, just a little bit that you can tell that, that gun's just slightly heavier. That's my favorite way to do it. You mean um, I couldn't I couldn't wave this PKM around like I could this scar? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> this what I'm PKM about. that weighs seventy pounds with all that ammo right. uh, yeah. empty, empty. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> then you got a two hundred round mag on there. <laughs> yeah, and then there's uh, adding a value to everything you put on there. So, and the, and it really comes into play with stocks and grips and and foregrips and sometimes rails. Um. You know, adding a bit of uh, control and drive, and it's just numerical values. Yeah. It's like you know. But for all the the realism that they try to put into this, there has mm-hmm. to be some element of, you know, well, we can't really put that in there because it's not going to be fun to play, and people aren't going to want to buy our damn game. So you know, at some point, some of this stuff I'm sure gets overridden mm-hmm. by. That's that's in the mainstream titles, yeah. It definitely happens. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, because here it's just what we complain about all the time. You got two guns that are the same caliber and the same configuration, but one of them has more recoil than the other, does more uh, or it does more or less damage. Uh, I mean, you got to make penetration. I I understand what they're doing because you got to make it where it's interesting and you can play. Uh, there's a reason to play with different guns, but at the same time. Dude, there's there's guns in the real in real world that are better than others. <laughs> you know, you're not going to use that other one. It's an <laughs> argument I have, uh, you know, in in meetings quite often, and it comes down to the dreaded gameplay balance conversation. And I always say, yeah, that real life is already balanced. We can just work off of that metric. It's fine. What would you say? And is, a lot of this. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, a lot of stuff I work on is is realism driven anyway, so yeah. it's not really. It's not really a, a problem in, in my space. I, it, it's like when you get into the battlefields and the Call of Duties, like they they chase two things. Uh, you you need gameplay balance and a power fantasy, and you have to have both of those things uh, in a, in a mainstream title. Uh, you know, something like Call of Duty. That's just that's what they chase. So yeah. So what would you say is the most important as far as aspect of realism? that a game developer is looking for? It, it, it really varies. I Photorealism is the most important thing to them. Honestly, if I'm being completely honest, things looking the part. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. As games progress in, in barrier penetration and uh, the way that, that damage is simulated on you know your character's body, in terms of how how injured or dead you are, uh, as those things like broaden, that that gets important. I mean, there's a lot mm-hmm. more discussions about that. Um, it's it's probably just comes down to they think it's innovative, but it's really just the the, the concepts that we all think about and talk about in a gunfight anyway. It's 
you know, like if you're peeking your your sheetrock wall trying to pie a, a room, it's you know you're gonna get you're gonna get wall banged. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and trying to explain that to a game developer, they're like, oh, people would hate it if like you could just shoot through a door jam. And I was like, e- they might like there might be some complaints, but well, I'm you know that's one of our complaints on this is you know I'm, uh, the guys behind plywood, he should be dead right now, you know. Kind yeah, of, but kind I can shoot through. Yeah. But I can shoot through a brick wall some other places. Like, mm-hmm. really? Yeah. I mean, I can shoot through both of those in real life. Yep. Yeah. You know, depending on what gun you're using. Yeah, definitely. Or if we're talking about games, it's IRL in real life. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Got to use the right terminology right. here. In, in real life. So IRL dog. So the games that you work on, it sounds to me like those people strive for everything to be as realistic as possible is that am i wrong there okay so talk about what those two games you mentioned um what are some that are out that you've worked on that uh, i would i would probably call back the insurgency sandstorm again uh we spent a lot of time with those guys uh they're still adding new stuff to their game uh and it will be coming to consoles uh if not this year uh next year but it's out. It's on PC. It's uh, highly regarded, and uh, I would say that that as before, it, it strikes a balance between that realism and uh, gameplay balance. Uh, there's their magazine <laughs> handling is a little slow, uh, and their characters a little light on their feet, and that was an okay trade-off, I guess. At the end, at the end of things. <laughs> Uh, there you go. But uh, their weapons are amazing. Uh, they're very well done. Oh, wow. Look at this. Yeah. The graphics on this thing. So, you know, we, we talked about the, the guns, uh, a little bit about accessories, not a whole lot about accessories, but um, like, there, like there, we just saw a helicopter. Mm-hmm. You know, we saw a helicopter there, and, there, you know, they're... There are other vehicles that some of these gangs put in, motorcycles and trucks and jeeps and, and, and things like that. Do you deal with any of that aspect of it? I don't deal with the vehicular stuff at all. Um, most of that is either uh, artistic interpretation. Uh, uh, Activision got the shit suit out of them over the Humvee. I think they ultimately won, but they were... They were tied up in litigation for a long time. About what? What? What were they being? They, they put the Humvee in their games for years, and all of a sudden, uh, is it what is it, AM General? Is that who makes AMG? Fun? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whoever. Yeah. Whoever who owns Humvee uh, was big mad about it. Took them to court and lost eventually, but that yeah. was like a years long affair. Um. And so, no, I don't really deal with the vehicle stuff. Um, well, you bring up a good point. Um, let's get back to the, since you don't deal with the vehicles, let's not, let's not talk about it. Um, yeah. The guns, again, uh, like Call of Duty, they call them something else other than what they actually are. It's and like, I'll never work with a company that does that. And that's kind of my own personal. But that's just recent. You know, like modern, when Modern Warfare first came, the original Modern Warfare, whatever, 10 years ago, all the guns were named what they actually were. I mean, for the most part. They just want to make it difficult for you to go and figure out what it is that you're using that's so awesome and buy it. So. See, that's that's crazy. If I was a gun manufacturer, 
I would pay Activision or Infinity Ward or whoever to name my gun what it is because I've got a built-in consumer at that point. You know? Well, right. And I'm a man, I'm a manufacturer advocate, and so like I I won't work with a company that won't correctly identify every tiny piece of gear. Uh, that's just a sticking point for me. I've always been that way. I feel like it's a symbiotic relationship, and you know, Activision and some of the other companies tend to take this. Uh, we're going to call it whatever we want approach, and. I mean, Why did that change? Because they used to not do that. It's more of an anti-gun thing. They don't want to. You think that's what it is, or is it the gun manufacturers not wanting them to use it in their games? Oh no, no, no! no. How could you? Which not I wouldn't want think. It. Well, I yeah. wouldn't think that. And yeah. then, and and that being said, why wouldn't a gun manufacturer make their own video game then at that point, <laughs> oh, <so laughs> or buy the video game company and then? Uh, uh, Activision, I, I don't. What do they make every year? Uh, Activision could buy the firearms company. <laughs> probably, yeah. Acti- all Activision of the firearms. Could buy companies. the firearms industry. Industry, yeah. <laughs> like, like, and that's that's the sad fact of the matter is that they can do this. It's a point of, uh, I guess it's a, a social or political thing for them. They just don't want to. And put are these the companies foreign owned? The majority of them. Are they? What's that? Foreign owned, the majority oh, of them. I think I, I the problem is that Tencent has a, a monetary connection to everything. It seems so. I like there could be Chinese investors in Activision, um, and I just you know I don't I don't know off the top of my head. Yeah. So. Um, well, I mean, again, and then that's. It's so hypocritical of them that they are promoting, you know, this in their video games. They're promoting these guns. They're promoting the, um, I don't, wanna, I don't want to call it violence, <laughs> but I mean, it's, you know, realistic. It's, it is violence. Realistic yeah. battles and, and the warfare. The world has violence in it. It does. I mean, if you monetize war porn and then decide you don't want people buying guns, like, you know, even though you're going to, you're going to make money off, like, representing the gun that the people want anyway they're like gosh i want you know i i want this particular gun they finally put it in there and they they wrote some dumb name on it but it doesn't matter i know what it is you know it's it's just disingenuous i I hate it i won't work with any company that tries to do that it's just no point for me i'm i'm there to to help them get through the process but to uh you know represent the the gun industry at the end of the day so uh, Nick, do you have any questions? Uh, no, no. Um, I guess we can dive into the specific guns and. So let's do that, and we're you know, um, and these games again, Insurgency Sandstorm. You said that's one that's out right now, and the company is Stream. Is that who? Is the no developer? no no Steam, Steam is uh like an Steam. online uh retailer more or less like they oh okay so. Yeah, uh, the company is New World Interactive. So that is who made it. And this uh, is this strictly is PC games. Right now, well, Steam is all is for it, it's basically your store for the. Well, PC not Steam. I'm talking about the Insurgency Sandstorm. That's a PC game. And that yeah, for the, now it'll be out on consoles uh, end of this year, beginning of next year. Okay. Uh, gotcha. 
Yeah, I don't know what the timeline is. I'm seeing a lot of the guns that are in um, modern warfare here too, that are that they're using in this. But Uh, yeah, I mean, when you get into the modern conflict stuff, you're going to see a lot of redundancy. Now, do you do you deal with the grenade launchers and things like that too? Uh, no, and I mean, think I, I, I'm glad I don't, because uh, that's would be expensive, and I would have to get an ordinance license. license and, yeah, yeah, I'd have two hundred dollars a shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would. That's just more uh, money would, you could charge, you know. <laughs> more uh, expertise, yeah. more money, right? That would. That's that's the goal. Like I said, like uh, like in a perfect world, a uh, hundred acres and a dead room, I can record audio and and do my own mocap. That would be ideal. I can rent you and, some. Uh, I can rent you a farm out if you want to use it. <laughs> there you go. I need to get out of Georgia anyway. Oh, come on up to Tennessee. <laughs> we'll be glad to have you here. So, um, and as we go through this too, as, as points come up as far as the development and implementation, feel free to chime in, Chris. Oh, absolutely. I, I don't know their process at, at Activision. Sure. Just I can, speculate. I can, Feel I, free to speculate. Yeah, I can, yeah, I can speculate. Yeah. I'm sure they'd hate me over there. Yeah, fuck them. All right, so uh, Nick. They won't know. Nick has been playing Call of Duty over here since we've been, been talking. Uh, if you guys have been watching on the video. Um, I don't know about playing. I'm just running around <laughs> shooting random stuff in a private game, but yeah. Right, and where was that? Where did you get that soccer ball? Is what I was at. You're shooting a soccer ball. Oh, uh, it's just soccer on this ball. map. I'm in a private, so I just started a private match so we can switch between guns and different stuff and okay. do whatever we want. I've never done a private match, so I didn't know what you could do there. Um, but yeah, there's the soccer ball. <laughs> it's crazy. So what we want to do is for those who play the Call of Duty Modern Warfare, you've seen a lot of these guns. You're like, oh, that looks familiar, but it's called a uh, uh, whatever. Right. Block. Yeah. Like the Glock. Looks like a salient Glock. I, yeah. I, I will tell you, uh, Glock is not too keen on their stuff being in games and identified. And they're one of the... Because they're not getting paid. The Glock's <laughs> all about getting paid. If somebody wants to use their stuff, you got you got to pay them. I feel like it is probably... It, it Ultimately, it is. It is. I'm telling you. Them. That's the way Glock operates. Anybody that does anything, any kind of accessory or anything for their guns, you know, their legal teams all over them. So, um, it's what, I mean, I can understand, you know, they're protecting their, uh, you know, their IP that way too, you know? So I, I I think it, it's, it's at a, I think you're right. It's at a point where everybody that's going to buy a gun is probably going to buy a Glock already. And so they feel like there's just no point in having any marketing out there to reaffirm that. Yeah, they they don't seem to spend a whole lot on marketing, but <laughs> yeah. but they're they're a bunch of they're a gr- a good group of people. I will tell you that that work for Glock um, here in America, here I, down there in Georgia. Um, so not talking yeah. bad about my buds down there, nothing. But I mean that's just the way it is, and they know it too. I have never even I, like it's always been the word on the street. I don't oddly enough, I don't even have a Glock contact. I don't know anybody that works here, and that's really odd for me because I generally know somebody everywhere. They're like I said, there it's a good group of people down there, and uh, I mean they're they're all about promoting their guns. They just don't want to pay anything any, for anybody to do it. <laughs> so. oh, well, that's fine. I I just want to make sure like I have somebody that I can talk to and find that uh, that sweet spot that let's get within like 
an eighty percent likeness because I don't want to get an ugly email, you know. Sure, <laughs> like, sure. You know, it's hard. CND. It's hard not to. I mean, Glock's pretty simple. So just make the backside look like an MMP. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, like it's like it's some things slip by, and then other games get like a nasty, you know, notice, and it's like, well, it's just not even wor- worth worrying about. I don't know anybody there. Uh, and I'm sure it would be a long process of climbing up the, the food chain, but that is one of those weird ones that just apparently does not want people doing their stuff. Yeah. So, so let's go through some guns here, Nick. Um, so right. you're using one right so now. You, um, you're using a shotgun. It's like a Remington maybe. Um, or a Mossberg. you know, I'm going to say, okay. Yeah. Oh, that might be a good thing. We can go through and guess, and then you could look at the list because okay. you've got the list, right? Of what these actually are. Yeah, I do. So I can go through and I'm going to say, man, this is, I'm going to go, man, that's a tough one. I'm going to go Mossberg 500, 500 a. Okay. And this is a long list. So I got to, I got to scroll down. This is all the pistols. There's the subs. Are you on IMFDB? It's itemized at the top and the, Oh, well, thank you. And and the content. Uh, What's your guess here, Chris? What is, what is this shotgun? I am not the best shotgun guy when it comes to pumps, but uh, I, I don't. I'll go eight seventy just to be contrarian. So yeah, that's kind of where I was at. <laughs> yeah. So Remington eight different. Remington eight seventy MCS. Okay, so this is a Remington eight seventy. So here's the first thing I noticed about this gun in the game. Um, shoulders pretty good. This is all no attachments, right? So mm-hmm. no attachments. The shoulder's pretty good. Handle's a little bit slow. Of course, I feel like in a game, you're never going to get weapon handling like you do in real life because if I'm taking, and if, if I'm in this truck tire and I want to aim at that truck tire to the left, that that movement right there is as fast as I can move the joystick. Yeah. I can move a lot faster than that. You know what I'm saying? And so you're never really going to get that. And if I'm going to make a big movement over here, well, that gun's going to come off my shoulder and then go back on. So it's actually pretty realistic on the big movements, I feel like. But on the small movements, not so much. They don't hit you with the arm fatigue, though. In <laughs> yeah. Well, ground- you just got to shoot more so the gun gets lighter. Yeah, gr- <laughs> ground, branch, ground branch will do that to you, and, and it, it's more intense the more shit you pile on your gun. So Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it'd be cool if you could change how you hold the weapon, you know, because if I'm holding uh an ar you know if i'm holding it like competition style hand left hand way out on the handguard um gonna make more accurate faster shots but i'm also gonna get tired faster but if i switch my grip back to the magwell then i'm using bone support you know Mm -hmm. bone structure to support the rifle i could stand there all day i feel like we need to, to have you actually holding a gun and doing what you would do with it also Nick. Well, you did it because I'd have to switch my video all around, <laughs> and I don't know if I have to go and get a rifle. No, I, you got a gun sitting right behind you. I don't. I don't need the criticism. <laughs> I, well, I, <laughs> um, but other than that, this this shotgun. Here's what I hate about um, any of the guns that are overpowered in this game. They shoot so slow. So this is as fast as I can possibly shoot this gun. Uh, on a yeah. on a console. In, in re- well, it's, it's the fire rate of the gun. I'm pulling the trigger. I pull the trigger six times before that gun. But it seems again. like the PCs can shoot faster. No, it's the same rate of fire. 
Yeah, it's the same rate of fire on a on a on a pump. Uh, there is a difference with the if it's not locked, they they'll they can lock your your ability right. to click fast enough, and a, and a lot of games do that uh, to a degree. But so here's the thing with that with that shotgun in real life, I can empty that gun before you shoot it twice in the game. You know, yeah. because you can run a pump gun nearly as fast. Some people say as fast. That's not true. You can run a pump gun nearly as fast as you can the semi-auto. If you've ever seen any videos of senior team leader Garcia shooting the KSG shotgun, <laughs> unreal how fast he uh, is. Well, and, and accurate. The, and, and accurate. This this gun, I don't care if you're shooting, uh, what are we shooting? A rim, uh, what do we say? It was a 570? 870? 870, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was trying to combine a Mossberg. Uh, so if I'm shooting an 870, I don't care if you're shooting three inch shells, three inch slugs, this gun does not move this much. Like yeah. when you shoot it, this, it's going to hurt. Like you, you shoot eight rounds through this as fast as you can. It's not going to feel good, but it's not <laughs> Look at that. I mean that at how far is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. So that was like 10 yards. Oh, that's another thing we got to talk about is distance in these games. But yeah. The, the 10 ballistic. yards. <laughs> That gun moved. What is? I mean, that's twenty feet high. That's aiming up there, you know. <laughs> and and in video game world, uh, that that's so far away that that doesn't even hurt you. <laughs> yeah. Well, and uh, we complain we about that, that constantly. And I'm not on a game where I can tag something. But if that's ten yards, this game will say that that's like five. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like in the game. If you've ever played Warzone. And I know there's a lot of people out there that do because it's the most popular Call of Duty game ever. Mm-hmm. Um, when you aim at something and you tag it, it tells you how far it is. Well, yeah. I tag something that's like 1,100 yards away. In the game, visually, it looks like it's two miles. You know, <laughs> like I I can shoot a target. I can shoot a 12 inch target at 1,100 yards with the right rifle. But in the game, at 1,100 yards, you can't even see the person. Yeah, like. So switch to a semi-auto. You got a semi-auto shotgun? Uh, oh, no, I don't, but I can build one. Yeah, Just take th- one second. Assume, so I'm uh, here. Which this one is... you want, the Origin, the VLK, or the Jack? Do oh, the, the VLK is not one. Do the, Let's do the Jack. AA-10. Yeah. Is that I don't, the Jack? Yeah. Yeah. So the Jack is the AA-10. Or AA-12, I'm sorry, AA-12. Mm-hmm. Let's add a mag on it so we don't have to do so many reloads. A drum magazine. Gotta eat a grenade real quick. Gotta kill yourself. (laughs) All right. And there it is. So, auto shotgun. Uh, First thing I'd say about this gun in the game, we're not going to be running around with a 32-round shotgun this fast. No, those things are heavy. Look at look at this. Look with at the this. rounds. Yeah, they're heavy anyway. I don't know what they weigh. You might have to Google dry weight of an AA AA twelve, but let me do that. I mean I think they're they're supposed to be light, but the drums are what they add use all the weight. Stainless surgical steel, I think, on to make Yeah, they're stamped steel. I mean they're like But um yeah, so mobility but they want to add mobility because they take range away from the and then that's where you get into what you're talking about. How realistic do you want to be adding attachments to it? Well, 
you if you want this crazy mobility with a shotgun, you got to take away something. Where are you going to take away? Probably range, because if I've got this mobility and there's somebody sitting in the upper deck up there, and I can just smoke them with a shotgun, well, that's not fair. But you know what? Real life's not fair. It's seven point <laughs> three kilograms with a thirty-two round drum. So uh, that's like. Uh, let me do a conversion. Uh, 30 pounds? No, 20, 20 something pounds. Uh, 16. 16. Oh, wow, I'm way off. 2.2 times whatever. Yeah, sorry, I can't math tonight. Um, so, I mean, that's. Yeah, it's that's 16 heavy. pounds. Yeah. That's a heavy gun. But it is short and compact. So, you know, holding it up close for a long time wouldn't be too difficult. But yeah, you're not going to just run around like this. And I got 57 rounds of shotgun on me. <laughs> If I actually ever did one of those, uh, worked on one of those in a game, there's so many models out there already for them that are that are pretty quality. Um, and I think didn't they go under? Didn't they get in trouble for selling uh, illegally selling SBRs or full auto guns or some shit? There was something going on with their their frame that they sold a bunch uh, of guns and a, the original guy, there. whoever it was, like a couple of years ago that did the the 3500 batch of semi-auto guns and then i guess a bunch of them were using uh uh auto rated uh receivers in them i can't remember what happened with that but i know a whole lot of people i think got their guns taken away from them and there was nothing to replace them with hmm. or or money about it. yeah um but if i ever did anything like that um that heavy that it that immediately starts getting lighter halfway through the mag and full auto i think i definitely Play with the muzzle rise. We sure. just start di- ditching that much weight, like halfway well, through the yeah, bag, it yeah. starts getting let's squirrely. See, let's see what it does. I'll, I will put no controller input into this, and we'll just empty a mag. Yeah. So look at the rise. That it just rises up. So I mean, maybe a little bit accurate as far as what you're talking about. Um, yeah. But here's the thing: you shoot one shot. This is the same cartridge as the last shotgun we were shooting. Twelve gauge. Less, Look at that. Way less. <laughs> but that other one's a pump gun. It does so much more damage because it shoots slower. Yep. You know? Well, so, that's the gameplay balance thing. It come, right. comes into play. And and it, they, they do that to cater to people that just have an affinity for a certain thing. So so like, back to the games that right, you... Right, they want you to be able to use all guns. They want you to be able to make sure. an argument to use all the guns. But... Then that just kills some real. And, and I get it. We're sitting here. We're the guys sitting here going, "What well, needs to be more realistic?" But you can jump off a three-story building and not break your legs, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you yeah, and make- you can run around all day without <laughs> taking a break. But yeah, <laughs> but you're saying, Chris, that the the games that you work with, the people that you work with, that um, oh, what we were talking about, the the consistency is there. So whether they're using a a twelve gauge. Uh, AA twelve or a Remington with a twelve. Uh, twelve is going to be the same as far as recoil goes, right? S- yeah, similar. Correct. Now that I, I don't, I'm not working on anything that has an AA twelve in it. Uh, I mean, like that's an interesting gun that didn't, mm-hmm. you know. But are you working with a semi-auto? Any kind of semi-autos? Yeah, actually, um, working on a different. Or not semi, but full autos. I'm sorry, full auto. No full auto shotguns. No. Okay. Uh-uh. Um, but a semi-auto, the most recent I am, uh, about to do the deep dive on is, uh, Mossberg 930. Mm-hmm. And I guess you're going to take that apart. I have to start reaching out to people that make 
hopefully somebody makes some aftermarket stuff for the 930. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> lots of I mean there's a lot of stuff cuz that's the gun Jerry Mitchell shoots in 3 gun. This so the is one I'm one holding. Of it's the JM Pro, I believe. So. One I'm holding yeah. up. This is a Kalashnikov Comrade. Mm-hmm. This is their. Um, That's cool. Their in between version. It's not a rifle. It's not a pistol. It's just a. It's a rifle. I mean, it's a gun. Yeah. Kind of shot. It's a firearm. It's a firearm, right? Yes. Uh, and this thing kicks like a mule. I will tell you. <laughs> so. Uh, um, but I mean, back to shotguns. Yeah. You got to balance it because here's the thing that sign up there. I don't know. To me, if this is IRL in real life, that mm-hmm. to me looks like it's like 60 yards maybe. Yeah. Um, and this shotgun would smoke somebody right there. Mm-hmm. That guy's dead. Yeah. You know? Well, not Less to mention you can put different rounds in there too. You can put different well, types right. of yeah. rounds in yeah, there. Yeah, I mean too. you put some you put some flight control, you put some federal flight control in here and I'm shooting people at 100 yards, you know. And uh, you put in that flight control, you shoot them at 200 yards. You're going to only hit them with a couple of pellets, but we're talking about what it's like 33 caliber or 35 caliber depending on your buckshot. Yeah. You know. So it's like getting hit with a 9mm pistol at 200 yards except for here's um, how many rounds do I have? 21 so here's 200 200 nine millimeters coming at you <laughs> yeah you're not dodging that you know no, you're not <laughs> so, getting away from that yeah you're gonna get hit at least so, once they gotta balance it somehow okay. and i understand that so there's a good example of the shotgun so let's let's go to a, um let's go to an ar uh all right let's go i made a let's, kit with two ars that are one of those similar very, very criminal moves where they take an x95 or a tavor and don't understand that's a 16 inch barrel so they 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 make it inert because it's a tiny barrel <laughs> that like, one which one okay. which one do you have because i'm looking at the list here uh a ram 7 and an m16 i think an m16 no an m13 sorry so a ram 7 that's the um the uh iwi their bullpup what is that called? It's mm-hmm. um, uh, Tavor, Tavor previously and in, in X95 now. So I, I think this is a Tavor. Yeah, it's a Tavor. Yeah, it's a Tavor. The Tavor, the handling on it feels so good. Like it's so fast, which it is. I mean, I've shot I've shot one of these a lot. Um, Sponsors of the Talking Lead AK Corner, by the way. There you go. Um, <laughs> IWI is? Yes. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. Jeremy. Jeremy's a great dude, and I've done a ton of work with him. Oh, yeah. To death. We're actually yeah. giving the away recoil. a Galil Ace. Coming up. Oh, right stay, on. Stay tuned. Founded in 2012, IWIUS is the USA-based subsidiary of Israel Weapon Industries Limited of Ramat Hasharon, Israel. The IWIUS line of products includes the Tavor X95, the Uzi Pro pistol and SMG, the Galil Ace line of firearms, and the belt-fed Negev line of light machine guns. IWI's mission is to bring the highest quality firearms with real world-proven reliability to the U.S. commercial and law enforcement market. IWI US are proud sponsors of the Talking Lead AK Corner and the Lead Head Brigade. Check us out at www.iwi.us and on social media under IWI US. The uh, the recoil on this gun. Oh, we're down to eight seconds. Hang, we got to go into another game. 
So have you got the I'll Tabor? give him this. Yeah, it's right there. Okay. I gotta I gotta start another game. They only last ten minutes. Um, I give him this between the bullpup and the standard configuration, you know, AR-15 type rifle. Mm-hmm. Um, the recoil feels like IRL. <laughs> you yeah. know, on uh, on the Tavor versus the AR. That's good. It's often that one. Nobody ever understands it. I think I, I, I'd like to think I've put a, a, enough good IWI energy out there about what that gun actually does and all its pros, because it really is a nice road warrior too. Especially if you're ever you know on a long road trip. It's a nice no stamp champ. So they're calling it what, the uh, uh, CTR twenty one and the Tar twenty one Tavors that they have. Yeah. What I uh, what I don't like about this is you have to put an attachment on it to or a lot of attachments on it to get it to feel like it really would. Because I mean, if you look at the picture down there in the bottom right corner of the screen, this thing is super compact. You got both your hands right up there on the front of the gun, and there's nothing to move, right? But if you don't put any attachments on it, I mean, that's actually not that bad. But whenever you go to something like an, the M13, I mean, look, it barely moves, you know? So I think that's a little bit ridiculous. Yeah, Activision's always so uh, strange to me. Like, they always pick a, a, a direction, a cardinal direction for, like, the recoil to go for every gun. Right. And it's just right, funny. Yeah. It's, just like a, it's just like a puzzle. It's all the only reason it's here. It's just like, oh, it's going to... We're gonna we're gonna recoil up and hard right, and then. Uh, well, here's the thing: every one of these guns should do that because look where my arm is bracing the gun, yep. right? So when I pull this trigger, that gun should go up a little and it should go right a little bit. You know, when you shoot the Tavor, it left. decides it wants to go left for some reason. It's very strange, uh, and nobody's ever reloaded a Tavor that fast. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's why I like the X95 over the Tavor itself because of the the uh, so are you the, using, the mag release. Which one are you using now? Uh, this is M13. Okay, so the M13. I think all the those are all Colts. I think is what they're basing those off of. AR15 with a long hand guard is what it looks like. Yeah, this one's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, colorful. You. Got what do we nice have on this gun? We got uh, Ambi mag release. It looks like I can't tell. Yeah, they don't have any. Okay, good. It doesn't have an ND lever on it. So for oh the, a bad lever. <laughs> yeah, the Colts. They got some, the model nine thirty three MK eighteen mod M sixteen A three. They've got a Colt nine millimeter SMG, XRK M four, and the M four A one carbine. Um. You were talking about uh, the reloads and stuff, the animations. The, they re- I think they nailed it on this. I mean, if, if you watch when I hit this reload, you can see the mag release move. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome. Do it again. That is – it's crazy. And then uh, you'll hit the charging handle, I think, or you hit the, the bolt drop on the empty reload. Yeah, there you go. Hit the bolt drop. You yeah. can actually see the bolt the release is sticking out when it's when it goes empty. Look at that. Yeah. And then you see the mag release move at the same, I've same never shot there. That. Watch the mag release and watch the bolt uh, release. Their uh, their their gun so guy awesome. is is great. Like the the guy that whoever they have in the house that 
that it is, is driving the driving force behind what they did with this particular game. Just just this one. I, I can't speak on the other ones. But uh, Modern Warfare was incredible uh, in terms of just little details like that that just often aren't seen in yeah. the main the main line. Let's uh, move to an AK now. Um, let's see. Show a little AK action because I think oh, they, you know the AKs are very misrepresented on, on this. <laughs> I gotta start another one because I can't die. That's fine. Um, but I think the AKs are—they've got them wrong on this game, definitely. So you're an you're an AK fan, aren't you, buddy? Mm-hmm. He is a big AK fan, AK Man. nerd. Just recently, we need to get a. Have you had Bandito Bill? on your show yet i've never heard of bandito bill but he sounds like an interesting cat that picture i sent you earlier that ak with that really sexy chassis on it that's sure shot usa and he owns sure shot usa we need to get old bandito bill on the show yeah get him on the ak corner definitely uh that needs to happen okay let's make a note let's let's talk about that off air definitely absolutely Uh, we're going to have to breeze through some of these because my phone just said it's at 20%. It's been running video for two hours now. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see where. Yeah, we're just going to wrap. We're getting ready to wrap AK. it up here anyway. So I just. All right. So we got an AK and an AR set up in this class. Um, I'll tell you one thing that I want to grab about is hip fire. Um, because if you watch the hip fire pattern, okay, I shoot one shot. It hit right about there. I'm going to aim at that shot. Well, yeah, here, I'll aim at that shot. It's a little bit further right, probably. Yeah, that one right. hit dead center. That low and then dead center. Left and then top right. Okay, here's the thing. In real life, IRL, I'm going to keep saying that like an idiot. <laughs> In real life. Too. <laughs> and the next day. <laughs> yeah. In real life, if I am holding a rifle at, this is probably like seven yards, and I hip fire it. Hold on. There's where the shot hit. Dead center. Hold on. I got to get the view back. It went away. Okay. If I hold this hip fire, that hit a little high. When I pull this next shot, I can make a correction for what I just saw. Hmm. And it's going to hit dead center. Now, if this is a full auto rifle, which this one is, and I want to hip fire it and shoot that target right there, watch what happens. Rises. Like a most. Uh Well, sure, but look at that. It's like like somebody lit up. Somebody lit a fireworks stand on fire is what that looks like. Dude, if I am physically shooting a full-auto rifle from the hip, I can shoot just as tight a group as I can shouldering it because I have just as much control. Now, do I know where that's going to go? No, because I don't have crosshairs. I don't have a heads-up display giving me crosshairs. But I can walk it in. You know, If I want to shoot the P right there and my first shot hits over here, I can walk that over there, and it's going to look just like that. This is one of those things that I really enjoy about working on realistic games because, like, they do this because they think this is a way to solve a problem when in, it, it, and keep people from just running around and... And, and, and hip firing. Yeah, right. like that guy, if there's a guy up there, I don't, they don't want me to just be able to go but, and, just, like, and, just, and just chase him. Ground Branch, for instance, when you take a game that, like, makes things realistically accurate... Uh, if you're running around and trying to hip fire, uh, you're not going to hit shit unless you're just like dead on. Like, like you run around with an MP7 and and sprinting like a like a goon, not giving a shit. You're gonna 
you're going to blow past somebody and go to, to dump seven rounds in them. And you're in all seven rounds are going to be right behind each other and one foot to the left or right. Like, it's, well, uh, I'll I tell you how they solve this. OK, this is what I think would solve this problem. First of all, don't have that stupid crosshair right there on my screen where I can see where my gun is roughly pointed. Yeah. But every time this gun comes down from high ready or whatever sprint, it lands in a slightly different spot. Like it's pointed a little left or it's pointed a little right or it's pointed a little higher or it's pointed yeah, a little we, lower and you don't have that, that crosshair. We call that dead zone and uh, dead right. zone is cool and fixes a lot of problems with stuff. Uh, it's not it's not really done in uh, in Call of Duty. But but when I shoot, it sh- I should be able to see where that hits and I should be able to correct for it. So if I shoot hip fire and it hits way up there by that sign like it just did, I should be able to see that, and I should be able to pull the stick down as I'm shooting, and I should be able to walk those rounds down just like this. Yeah. So, anyway. Here's your AK, Marty. What do you want to talk about? That <laughs> is that the AK, or is that the Galil? That's the AK. That's a fancy it's the AK. gilded arm. Can you look at it? So hit your button to yeah. like look at it. It's an AK. It's just trick. Okay. Got a tricked out one. So so yeah, just aim at that. Gold. Just aim at that barrel now and just dump a mag. Right here. Yeah. You want me to control it or don't control it? Control it. But you've got to mod it up one. So like just their AK by itself, that would be like bouncing all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I actually feel like the AK is besides damage. Um. I, I disagree with almost all the damage in this game, but I feel like the AK, if I don't control it, I mean, you can see what it does. Yeah. It, it feels and sounds and looks the part like that. I to think me, they over exaggerate. The I think they over exaggerate the bounciness. I don't think it's that uncontrolled. It's more controllable sure. than Full that. auto. They watched I mean, that. Yeah, absolutely. I've got a, they watch that Larry Vickers. Like, Look at my video ultra, I've got oh, dumping a sixty-round mag of the AK. I keep it yeah. flat. Yeah. I think they watch the Vickers video and they watch. The, it's in that ultra slow mo where the whole gun's like flexing all over the place. It looks like a damn noodle when he's doing that mag dump. Yeah. And and they were like, oh shit. So AKs I mentioned flexible. I mentioned Carnicon earlier. Hmm? Are you familiar with with Carnicon? No. All right. So YouTube, he's a, um, he's not around anymore, uh, as oh, far as the Carnicon goes. But I think Dugan is somewhat around. But they've got the funniest videos, and they've got one the AK versus the AR. And if you go watch that video of him shooting the, you know, the AR is just like precision laser, blah blah blah, and then the AK is like bouncing around, and you know, they over exaggerate <laughs> the stuff, but. But yeah, the AK, man, the AK wins like, in all the the competitions. <laughs> you know, I I feel like if I'm shooting that, holding a real AK, like I'm gonna, I'll try and control this. I can control it better than that. I mean, that's like 50 yards, dude. That's full auto, 50 yards on the on the, and that was probably like a 30 inch group. That's is that a is that a 47 or a 74? This is a 47. Oh uh, yeah, I mean that's that's okay. I mean, that's not, yeah. that's not bad. I mean, like that's, a really, that's, a really well-gassed and tuned AK, though, is a sight to behold. Like, it, 
It really is nice. Like all the first time you ever actually run a good AK, like you're like, what yeah. in the hell? All the bullshit I've been told about this gun. Like, yeah. Well, if you run an ODS 1775, you get spoiled. That's so all I'm saying. This is this is an M16, which I feel like I feel like you about the AK. I feel like this is they they screwed up. Like, I mean, that's walking away from me. You know. Was that you trying to control I, it, or you just? Yeah. It was, it was so, getting away. Yeah, it wouldn't get away from you that bad at all. Um, the uh, one of the things I do like about the game. And there's a lot of things I like. I don't want to sit here and sound like I'm just complaining, but uh, the secondary site is pretty cool. The offset red dot. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. I'm glad consoles finally got like a game that would do that. Like we've had that shit in uh, on PC and and really large scale, very badass games for a long time. And Arma being an amazing franchise that's been around for years. That it's just. I, I don't. There's a whole rabbit hole to go in. We could talk an, an entire episode about the company that made that, and uh, well, maybe maybe fact- we'll do that uh, one episode. Yeah. So uh, we're we're running long on time here, and Nick's getting ready to lose his his connection. So is there one other gun that we want to run through uh, real quick? I mean, um, there's tons see, of guns a, uh, in this video game. Subgun Og. And um, the foul, which I don't know why the foul. Okay, maybe why is the foul and the scar called what they are? Uh, the foul is probably called that because it's so old and abandoned. But like, they're not making it anymore. Like FN's not. <laughs> uh, and the scar, I don't know. I think scar is just used because it sounds cool. Yeah, they're like we're gonna keep that because it sounds cool. Every every video game company when i first meet them think that all battles are won with uh a glock 19 a chris vector and, and a scar each and, <laughs> and well, that, that is the that, chris is in this game and they call it um what do they call it fennec yeah fennec? i love the guys yeah. i love the guys over chris mike is my homeboy been my friend in the gun industry since i started uh awesome dude uh, I love the guys over there. It's just, it's so weird, like, that the Vector is always, like, the, the murder machine. <laughs> you got, well, like, six, 1,600 RPMs, and, and it's yeah, just, Yeah, fast like, rate of fire with a, a decent caliber, you know? I mean, it. I don't think it gets done justice in this game. It does, it is one of the more popular Modern Warfare guns, but you got a whole bunch of other guns that just wreck it. Like, you got 9mm subguns that have a 600 round per minute rate of fire that just smash it and i'm sitting here going okay like you said 1600 rounds a minute 45 i mean the the nine mil ak is really hot right now i think from from the modern warfare standpoint uh, the i don't know what they call it pp19 and or the vitez in modern warfare but they've got some really funny calibers in this game um i don't know if you've looked at those marty but they've got a lot of really old calibers that are either tank rounds or don't exist anymore. Like, <laughs> like they've got anti-artillery guns, you know, that are, I've tried to think of one that's like a 12 millimeter sub gun. I'm like, really? <laughs> the, the bison, the they've got the PP 19 bison. Yeah. So what gun, what gun I, I looked at it one time and I can't remember, but what gun was actually built in the 12.7 
twelve point seven is their uh, is their fifty cal, and also I think it's the same uh, dimensionally the same as their twelve gauge, like their shotgun shell. I, I think it's just that dimension. Um, oh, there it man. is. Oh, it's a HDR sniper rifle, twelve seven by one oh eight. That's an anti vehicle or anti artillery round that's shot yeah. out of like a. Uh, it's not a shoulder fire gun. I mean, you can there's, like lay behind it and shoot it. There's a Russian gun that fires that. That's a CQB bullpup. I mean, it's CQB holds like 15 rounds, like 10 or 15 rounds. There is a 12.7, and I can't remember what the name of it is. It's a really weird gun. Hmm. Uh, 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 this one's like, funny. The Rye, this one's funny the Rye too. Tech. The Rytec is yeah. a 25 by 59. Explosive round. Explosive round. I like that. <laughs> a twenty-five by fifty-nine. Like, why wouldn't you make that the fifty BMG? So I have like no experience have, shooting you know? explosive rounds, so I don't know how realistic that is. Oh. We have to well, talk to K- Kentucky Ballistics. He, he deals with exploding stuff. Nice. They're just that's just a really strange and I, and I okay, hang on a second. Semi-automatic anti-material rifle chambered in fifty BMG. A 25 by 59 explosive payload variant is officially listed as experimental. Okay, so that's where they get away with it is they just say that's experimental. Experimental. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of these these, and I, and I really like the again the modern warfare's and the battlefields and uh, I think I would like the games that you're talking about, Chris, um, just because that they use realistic guns. You know, the games like. Um, what are those space? They use all the space guns, and I hate playing those games. And using yeah, um, yeah, Halo, Halo, Halo. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. that's a prime example right there. You know, I just don't like it. I hated the the version of of Call of Duty that they came out with, where they were trying to make it like Halo, and the people could <clears throat> jump around and they had jetpacks or whatever. And you remember that one? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yep. yeah. I remember the uh, in, Infinite Warfare. I don't know. It was it was so stupid. I hated it. Um, it was just like uh, that's not what this game's about. If you and want, then that, they had the Black Ops ones with the robot armies. They had a Black Ops that was like cyborgs and robot armies. Yeah, I didn't yeah, play that I, one either. How good a shape do you have to be in to do this? You got to do what? I, I said, how good a shape do you have to be in to do this? Oh, to keep just <laughs> jump nonstop and then dead sprint. <laughs> and slide do a slide show a slide i mean the slides because you fall down because you're tired um do it all right. do a slide think, do a slide in the soccer net just like a soccer player does now take your shirt off uh, <laughs> <laughs> no women's soccer we're we're protesting yeah exactly uh, all right so let's see a kilo i'm gonna guess kilo is that uh i'm gonna say arc or a scar, the two twenty three scar, a kilo. Yeah, what's your guess? Are you already looking at it? Um, it looks, like a, looks like a scar. No, I'm looking. Does, but Bushmaster. They a, have a, a scar, scar though. Maybe they have a scar. Right, so but that's the that's the seven six two scar. There's a scar H and FN SSR and FN scar SC. There's a Heckler and Co. G36. That's not that. Wait, is that the HK433? I don't. I don't. 
think so, because that has a bigger hand. There's an HK-433. There is one. Let me click on it. That's the fucking uh, vaporware, that, the gun that doesn't exist. That's the thing HK brought out. Like, Yeah, that is <clears throat> it. The Kilo 141 huh. is the uh, HK-433. Yeah. Ah, right. so. Nice. Never shot one of those. But uh, it's the you, same nobody, caliber, nobody, same. Nobody will ever shoot one. <laughs> length is this uh, M16, okay? Or M4, uh, uh, yeah, M4. This is M4. Uh, look at the difference in recoil. All right, here's the M4, not controlled. I'm going to aim in that little circle right there. Okay, same gun, or same caliber, same barrel length, same basic configuration. Same ammo. And uh, like, look at <laughs> Look at it. It goes up yeah. like... It goes up like two feet and then stops. So yeah. is that SA on there? Is that Salient Arms? No. no it's just something that they put on there. SA. No, that's okay. so. I want to know why. Like, why did they do this, Chris? Why did they do this? I don't. I can't tell you. I don't know why they put a, a gun that doesn't exist in there. Like, I mean, like, I would, I would love for that gun to exist. HK made a. Uh, a uh, couple of pro- prototypes and went to SHOT Show with them and they were like, this is the next thing we're doing and then well, never mentioned it again. That's why they can do that because nobody Maybe the recoil was so awesome it. on it nobody could stand it. Yeah. yeah. But they, gotta, um, they can't, I mean, it's redundancy at that point then why why have two guns that do the same thing? So. Right, but they could they could they could flip that around because the, I think the 433 is supposed to be really light. That was, it's like going like that was what it was going for, but it's short, fast, and maneuverable. But uh, high recoil would be a perfect marriage right, right. there. Right. It's, it's, Instead of the M6 or M4 being ridiculous, <laughs> you know. I, a lot of this, I think, starts in, and you can see this happen sometimes in development where they'll do like five guns and then they'll balance those out and then they want to add more guns right. later. And it's like, okay, well this is what this gun does. And they're like, oh, yeah, but, you know, like, the, the formula yeah, we like have the for these. Yeah, and it's like, oh, shit. It's like, well, we can either rewrite them all or try and find a, a recipe inside of your own game world to make these all feel realistic. And One of the other... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I cut you off. Ah, that's it. It's just feel realistic One, uh... sometimes. One of the other guns that uh, isn't in Modern Warfare, it's in Warzone, because it includes all the Black Ops guns also, um, is the Carve 2, which is the, um, what's the, what's that gun that uh, fired a caseless cartridge? The G11? Uh, G11, yeah, that's what yep. the Carve 2 is. It's crazy. Back out and go to that. That was another. I just look at it. It's another thing HK rolled out that never happened. I've got some. Then uh, that was like in the seventies or something, wasn't it? It so this might gun, have been. Just the one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. This the G11. Well, no, not that one. Space gun. That's the game. That's the in gun in in game gun. It's like a rail gun. Oh really? Okay, that's not a G11. Uh, it's it's a, well up top. Maybe up top looks but the G11 didn't have a mag that went the bottom. It had some sort of weird. I think it it loaded like the P90 did. Yeah, it shot from the top. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, so that's weird. It's like an interpretation of the G11, but not quite. It, uh, uh, yeah, there's a. I, I think Black Ops 2 had the G11 and it was more accurate. But yeah, that's what it's supposed to be. It says uh, burst fire tactical rifle, moderate firepower with improved rate of fire, recoil control effective at mid range. If you read the description online, it says it fires a caseless cartridge and all this crap. Yeah. The G11 was yeah, an interesting. interesting idea because it was a two by four with a grip on it. A <laughs> <laughs> two by four, yeah. Oh man, yeah. look them up. It, it looks so uninteresting. It's like Glock the rifle. Like it's just so subdued. Like there's nothing going on with it. It's just a vertical grip on on a rectangle. How about well, there? You go. Gun, I think we're you're about out of the juice, aren't you, there, Nick? Yeah, it just went. Uh, to 10% like a couple minutes ago. Okay. So let's wrap, let's wrap, yeah, let's wrap this up. Um, I mean, obviously there's tons more that we could talk about and, you know, maybe we'll do another episode on this, but uh, very interesting, um, um, Chris, on how they go about taking the, um, the real stuff and putting it into these games. Um, maybe we can get another episode, like I said, maybe we can talk about some more as we, you know, as we reflect back on this, there's probably some things that you probably wish that we would have talked about and could have talked about. Um, Absolutely. We could we could do that in another episode. And I know there's tons more guns in here that we could go and we could compare. Uh, we barely, you know, we barely even talked the pistols. We talked the Glock. Um, and then there's a whole other aspect of this game with the the Black Ops. You know, that we didn't even get into that Nick was talking about there. So. Mm-hmm. Um, we definitely could do more more episodes on this. So if you leadheads are interested in that, um, and there's other people that we could bring on too. Chris knows some people. There were some some people lined up that couldn't make it, um, unfortunately, that would have had uh, some some input to add to this. Um, that that will have that would probably just be ideal to be an entirely different like very focused subject matter. Probably just talk about training doctrine and VR. Yeah. On that one. Yeah, I yeah. think that would be a good episode too. So shoot me an email, tinyletgmail.com. If you guys enjoy this episode, want to get uh, more on this topic and subject. Uh, if you're a gamer out there, let me hear from you. Uh, Nick and I, uh, as you, as we mentioned earlier, we, we play the Call of Duty Modern Warfare. We get on there uh, frequently. Uh, I mean, we're not on there every day, but. Um, shoot me a PM with your gamer name and we'll try to hook up and maybe um, play a few rounds of Modern Warfare together. Warzone. Warzone. Or Warzone, yeah. Warzone. Um, but And I want to try those games, um, Chris, if you can get us uh, some sort of uh, access to those games. I'd like to try those out. and. Yeah, um, yeah. We can check out what your uh, PC capabilities are. It's really... We got that chip shortage, so it's yeah. like tough to build a gaming PC right now. But yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, we can talk offline about that. We'll, we'll see okay. where what you're working. Or with. you know, like you said, if they're going to be coming out with console versions of them, uh, that would yeah. be that'd be interesting too to check that out. Um, Absolutely. But uh, really great content there. Thank you so much, Chris, for taking the time to be on and and share your knowledge with me and the the Leadhead Brigade. If you guys Thanks have questions, yeah, if you guys have questions for Chris, Chris, is there a way they can get in touch with you and, and uh, shoot you some? Yeah, uh, <laughs> Devil Eyed Elvis on Twitter. 
Devil-eyed Elvis. <laughs> so, yes. And there's an interesting story behind that, too. He shared it with me offline. Uh, but that's like one of the coolest uh, handles I've ever heard. I love that. Devil-eyed Elvis. <laughs> I sure appreciate that, man. I've had it for a long time, and it was given to me. So there, Yeah, well earned, too, from the story that, that I heard. So. <laughs> Uh, guys, get in touch with Chris there on the uh, the Instagrams. Let him know you heard about him here. And, of course, he works with Leviathan Group, uh, our good buddy Chris Wood over there. Uh, he's who introduced us and made this possible. Um, so go show Leviathan, Leviathan some love, and um, we'll probably get them on again sometime in the near future and find out some movie projects that they've got coming up. Chris had alluded to some things that they've got uh, coming up here in the near future. So we're looking forward to that. But uh, Leviathan, is it Leviathan Group on Instagram? Is that what it is? or do you know? That what it is? is correct. Leviathan okay. Group uh, on Instagram and LeviathanGroupLLC.com on, uh, is our website. Very cool. And Nick, again, thank you so much for taking the time to be on. I know we uh, cut into some of the gaming time tonight. I know. We're, we're going to have to get on. What time is it? Uh, it's 11. 11 o'clock. We're gonna have to get on. I'm I'm still Jack, so it's gonna take me a minute to, to 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 get tired. So yeah, we'll play a few rounds here when we get off. Uh, but you're off of all the social media and stuff, aren't you? Or are you still on? Um, I mean, I've still got the Beastmaster accounts, but I'm not on really. Uh, okay. Don't really have much reason to be. I'm just doing my own thing. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, but uh, if you guys want to reach out to Nick, you can get to him through me, talkingletgmail.com. Uh, or PM me on the social meds, and um, maybe we can go hunting again sometime soon. You got any trips scheduled? I haven't need you. No, you know what? I was yesterday. I was just talking about uh, trying to find a wolf hunt. I really need to go get a wolf. I've been saying that for four or five years, <laughs> okay. and I've tried and tried and tried on all these other hunts. I've gone on mountain lion and lynx and um, some other hunts, trying to just catch a wolf out in the open, a, a bear hunt. We've saw a wolf but he was at like 1400 and on the move so i mean they're like the hardest it's the lowest percentage hunt there is is a uh in the wild on the hoof wolf hunt where you're not baiting them and i would really like to get it done uh, i've got a good cool. spot in the house for it to go but so i don't know i was thinking about it i was thinking about doing that well i got a trying new... to shoot one i'm trying to adopt one <laughs> oh yeah one. i've got a malamute uh, a husky he looks like a she looks like a uh, a wolf but I got this new thermal that we need to try out. ATN? What is that? No, this is an AccuFire. AccuFire? I've never seen one. Yeah, Incendus. AccuFire. I-N-C-E-N-D-I-S. Check them out. Um, <laughs> really enjoying this thing. I've taken it out a couple of times um, to do some target shooting with it. Uh, but very impressed uh, with this <laughs> thing. I bring am, it over. Uh, that's interesting. I am about... I'm, gonna be spending uh probably the next year very very deep in uh night vision and oh. thermal trying to trying to get that straightened out squared away and correctly represented because uh green tent just ain't cutting it for me in terms of night vision and i, I think we've developed a way to simulate that a little bit better uh -huh. and uh so i'm gonna get into it well, so. that's that would be a whole other topic that we could uh, get into and talk about. Uh, yeah, I think uh, hopefully, hopefully, I'll uh, I'll have like an I guess like a knowledge base and a workflow probably in the next 
hopefully five or six months. I got to get back on the phone and start reaching out, talking to all the manufacturers and seeing what's going on first. Okay. But well, I can I can cool. hook you up with these guys. They're uh, they're kind of new in the game. They've been around about four years, um, but this is very very impressive piece of kit right here. I'm enjoying. What's it. the what sensor does it have? Do you know what micron sensor? I don't know. Good. I wonder if it's a 60 hertz <laughs> refresh rate. That would be my best Yeah, what's the refresh question? rate? Hey, how about this? How about I just Google it here? <laughs> Here's the thing on refresh rate on thermals. Uh, the It really doesn't make a huge difference unless you're trying to shoot from a vehicle. Uh, 30 hertz. So it's got a core resolution 384 by 288, display resolution 1024 by 768, frame rate 60 NTSC. That's actually not a bad setup. It's got it, a one. It can, it's got a four X up to forty one X, two X, and four X on the magnification, and then it's got a heat display. You can do white hot, black hot, red accent, and green hot. Interesting. Uh, and it's hot. got a it's got a USB connection here. Hook uh, mm-hmm. it to an anchor battery. Anchor battery, um, or you can put. Um, a recording device, a DVR on there, and you can record, or you could do both. You have a mm-hmm. multi thing, and they got a little mounting thing where you can mount mount cool. it on there. Uh, it's got the quick detach, uh, and you can co witness it with your scope. Um, it's pretty cool. So, um, yeah. So I've been trying that out. I don't know what brought that up, but anyway. Uh, big thanks again to all our sponsors uh, for the show. Go show them support. Factory 47. Go to factory47.com. That's where you're going to get the uh, AK Corner logoed uh, T-shirts, our tumblers that we have there from the AK uh, AK Corner at Factory 47. That's uh, Factory 47 with a K. Uh, use the code LEADHEAD and you're going to get 10% off. We've got hoodies, we've got our t-shirts, we've got women's shirts there. Uh, and if you listen to the last episode of the AK Corner, uh, James has got some new things coming out um, uh, that we're going to be talking about soon. Uh, 1776 United, that's where you're going to go and get our uh, classic logo uh, with the flying bullets uh, and our Leadhead Brigade logoed uh, swag at 1776 United. And uh, that code is talking lead. You get twenty percent off. This is one of their shirts here, my Ghost Gun shirt. I don't know if you guys can see that or not. Ghost Gun Operator that came from seventeen seventy six United. Uh, and then of course Caltech, they're going to be sponsoring us as I mentioned earlier at the twenty twenty one NRA. Make sure you come by and see us and uh, visit Caltech. There we're going to have a lot of our. Uh, friends of the show and um, some of our other sponsors will be dropping by. And as we mentioned earlier, we're going to be giving away a Galil Ace from IWI during the 2021 NRA this year. Uh, details of that coming up soon. So make sure you pay attention. Uh, and then Occam Lube, which is uh, a subsidiary of the Occam Defense Solutions, who make the ODS 1775 AK 47 or AKM. Um, OccamLube.com. You can use the code LEADHEAD, all caps. You're going to get 10% off there. We just announced that code the other day. Nemo Arms. Uh, you can go to their website, use the code TL10. You're going to get 10% off there. And that includes their firearms. You're going to get 10% off their firearms as well. 
They make cans, they make pistols, shotguns, uh, and of course some of the the best AR platform rifles that uh, that you're going to find on the market today at Nemo Arms. Um, and there's plenty more. There's plenty more. I've got other codes, so uh, just stay tuned. Each and every episode, we've got uh, codes, discount codes. We've got giveaways. Um, just all kinds of cool stuff. Um, I think Goodies. we gave something away from Leviathan last time Chris was on. Um, we'll have to do another giveaway with Leviath- Leviathan. Coming yeah, up. Um, yeah, I'll talk to the guys and, and see what we got. I got one of those cool Thanos for president uh, t-shirts yes. that you guys did. <clears throat> yes, I those love- are so great. <laughs> I love that We shirt. did that shit and then like everybody started stealing it. Like, Oh, really? Like, Oh man, it, it, like we did it, and then within 90 days, I was just seeing them everywhere. <laughs> like everybody that made a T-shirt had one. I thought it was brilliant. Um, I was lucky enough to yeah. get one of those, so thank you, Chris, for that. Appreciate it. Um, but yeah, guys, um, enjoyed this episode again. Thank you for taking the time, Chris, Nick. Uh, yeah. yeah, dude, that was great. You guys are awesome. Uh, Thanks, man. It's, uh, it. it's really been a, a pleasure meeting you. Um, if you guys liked it, like I said, let me know. We'll do another one. And uh, until then, till the next episode, Leadheads, as always, keep your loved ones close. And your Xbox is closer. <laughs> <laughs> and your firearms closer. A. Outtakes, outtakes, outtakes. And I edit that in. The sound effects for that. Ed- Edit, edit, edit. Edit, edit, edit. <laughs> Isn't that what we're supposed to say whenever we say something you don't want? <laughs> edit, edit. Right, right whatever you like. Remove this. You're like, oh shit, I shouldn't have said that. Like, abort, abort. <laughs> yeah. Code black. Code black. That works. Wait, too. say code black. Code dark. Code dark. <laughs> edit, edit, edit. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd be awesome. Sounds good, man. All right, brother. All right, fellas. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, Jump on uh, Xbox with us. We're getting ready to kill some peeps. I have to uh, replace my hard drive on my Xbox. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it I got the uh, yeah, I got the whole uh, error code of death. So I got to replace that. Well, very cool, man. Uh, I'll talk to you soon. But thank you so much again. And oh, awesome! Thanks, man. I appreciate it. And I will. Uh, I'll holler at you later. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. All right, bro. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, no problem, Nick. Bye. All right, I'm hopping on Xbox. Hang on. Oh, okay. Record me. Hold on. Record record me. Uh, Video or audio? Both. Both. (laughs) Just post this as a separate clip. Okay, got it. Activision. We need an anti-cheat. Last night, I was killed by a guy who hip-fired me with a sniper rifle at 400 yards. It's ridiculous. Unacceptable. Do it. (laughs) (sighs) That's going in the uh, outtakes. Outtake, outtake, outtake. I just like the zoom zoom in effect. Listen to me. Do your nose. Listen. (laughs) Hey, come here. Yeah, yeah. Do that, do that. Come here. Activision. Give me an anti <laughs> You <laughs> bastards. Uh. <laughs> All right, cool. man. All right. Yeah, I'm going to take the dog out and jump on.
All right, cool. Sweet. Sweet.